Hello and welcome to episode 40 of the Cadaver Lab Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Sam. And uh, today we are going to be talking about uh, independent movies. That's a great title for this episode. Actually, you know what? Uh, we're actually not going to be going into what makes a movie independent or go over like the gamut of... Is that a word, by yeah. the way? Oh, gamut? yeah. Oh, yeah. Of uh, all the independent movies and, and, and you know maybe the film studios or whatever. It's actually a cheap ploy. I want to uh, pimp the Salty Horror Film Festival here in Utah. Nice. So I figured, you know, <laughs> that's going to be sampled. You saying nice? Oh, it's going to be sampled it. and used on another podcast. But uh, yeah, I just I just kind of wanted to have an excuse to talk a little bit about the Salty Horror Film Festival. But we'll definitely get into that later. First of all, how's it going, man? It's uh, it's going. Yeah. Yeah. Working hard, staying busy. <laughs> oh yeah, I just got over the the like some of the worst two weeks since uh, golf since we started this podcast. I'm oh, glad right. it's over. Glad to be back uh, uh, recording. I have been absent on the forums recently. Basically, I mean, of course, you. That's yeah, not a that's big freaking deal for me. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, do you want to get into it, or do you, or, uh, do you have some things, or what do you got? No, let's get into it, man. I have a couple of uh, pieces of topical issues that I would like to get into today. First okay. of all, I actually went out and saw Halloween 2 last weekend. It was actually Monday. And uh, I actually did a whole write-up on examiner.com. Go, you know, go to cadaverlab.com and uh, you know, you'll see a link there and I'll get a penny. That would be freaking awesome <laughs> if you click there. I need all the pennies I can get because every penny that goes to that goes back to you. Yes. Well, it goes back to the podcast. Who knows if you'll ever see it? Who never who knows? Who knows if you'll ever get your worth back in No, that stuff, that keeps this podcast free. <laughs> yeah? For you to listen to. Sweet action. <laughs> We're like PBS, except for way less informative. Uh, <laughs> who are we kidding? We're way more informative than those guys. Well, it depends on what you what you want to learn about. That's you want to learn about the alphabet and stuff? I guess, does PBS do anything except for like morning kids cartoons and, st- or and shows? Don't. They have shriveled up old people that, that talk about dumb stuff. You said shriveled up, and I have to admit that uh, I got a little scared. But I'm glad that we went with old people. <laughs> uh, I do want to say, uh, uh, even though that uh, you know we've been, it's been kind of a rough couple of weeks. Just want to, uh, I got a, an article, from, um, another one from Ferguson takes the team today. I just want to say, make sure everybody's going to cadaverlab.com and reading his articles. They are the funniest damn things <laughs> ever. <laughs> You go on the it's it's always great. He sends them to me, and I'll like be at work, and I'll read through them and whatever, because you know I have you know I have to go over them with a fine tooth comb, make sure all the all the dots are where they should be, and the punctuation. Well, we we don't just let anything on the. On oh, the there's website. a high standard. That's right. There's a very high standard. Anyways, I always read that. I always just laugh. It always makes me you know kind of brightens my day. But uh, just wanted to say, go make sure to check that out. Uh, Ferguson's doing a great job uh, with those. He just submitted one today. I put it up today. Of course, uh, it's also now it's the second one because my examiner, <laughs> I put I put a little link to my examiner up on there and listen, Greg, if 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 you gave me a penny every time someone clicked on yours or read yours, you'd be first, <laughs> okay? You'd be at the top. But now I'm just teasing. Uh, anyway, also uh, speaking of the Salty Horror Film Festival, um, Ferguson is actually doing uh, some of the music is uh, for I. I I don't know exactly what he's going to be doing or, or how much he's going to be doing for the film festival, but I do know that he's done the soundtrack to our first trailer. That's awesome. And it is excellent. I mean, I'm actually pretty surprised about the the high quality of the the trailer in the first place. Uh, and uh, the music that went into it, it's more of an ambient type, type of deal, but it is awesome. 
it uh, it sounds really professional. So I just want to say thanks to uh, Ferguson for doing that. And uh, I almost called him by his real name. You did before. Who? Greg. What? You said that. I did? Yeah, you did. I'll beep it out. <laughs> I'll beep yours out, too. Okay, good. Because once they know his real first name, they're going to hunt him this, down. The only way this works is with anonymity. <laughs> and that's why we you don't really know what our names are. We may say Mike and Sam, but it's really badge and dildo. Nice. No, good. No, it's, way to get that in yeah. early, early on. <laughs> But uh, I also went to a uh, – uh, did, did we talk about this last podcast? We were doing that – our last episode, we were doing uh, uh, some model shots, some no, uh, didn't photos. I didn't talk about that. Uh, we were doing some photos for the website, which I'm working on, and uh, should be up at the end of this month. Yeah, there were some hot ladies there, and I got out of there before they started stripping their clothes off. Why? There's no nudie pictures, but th- let's just say that there's they got a why, little nudie. Why, why did you leave? Because we had to record. Oh, that's right. I, I had to hurry and come back. Good man. Plus, my eyes would have been burned. <laughs> my very sensitive and, and pure eyes would have burned out of their sockets. That's unfortunate. <laughs> I wish I would have been there. Well, you could have been there. We could have talked. Yeah, you know, we could have had a good time. Of course, if you were there or you had the recorder, we could have done a little bit of it from there and had an excuse <laughs> to stick around a while. Way to go, you dick. <laughs> Great. <laughs> just, uh, no, but it's all coming together. Um, we're not going to talk a, a ton about the Salty Horror Film Festival since the site's not out yet. Uh, one of the main reasons we, I wanted to do this uh, topic is because I did an interview with the organizer of the event, and uh, his name is Mario, and I'm going to I'm going to uh, tack that onto the end of the podcast today. Uh, also, I'm going to throw up a um, a site because basically you don't have to be from Utah to submit a film. We, we've got. Uh, and I, now this is official, and we can definitely say this. Uh, Harry Manfredini oh, really? is going to be there. Really? Yeah, he's going to be one of the judges and uh, participate in a lot of the events and stuff like that. That's cool. Um, and there's a few others that are maybes that we can't say yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that uh, that's a pretty big deal, I think. That's awesome. You know? I mean, I don't know. I definitely know in the horror industry he's a big name. Mm-hmm. Big, huge name. Awesome, talented guy. I, I'm, like, blown away at the other leads that uh, Mario's been working mm. on and all this other stuff. And we're starting to hear movie, uh, hear about movies that are going to be submitted and all sorts of stuff. I'm, I'm totally stoked. That's about exciting. It. And so when are the dates again? Well, you know, I'm not sure, but uh, I, I can't think offhand, but what we're going to, it, it, the actual salty horror film festival doesn't happen until 2010 fall about maybe this time, 2010, okay. I think it's in October. Okay. Uh, but I will have, I'm going to work on it uh, uh, this weekend and next week. We'll definitely have a site up, you know, maybe not the full site, but at least with some information, stuff like that. And it'll definitely have the trailer on it, and it will have some pictures of some hot ladies. Hey, you can't beat that. What else else are you going to do? Actually, you're going to want to go beat it. (laughs) You haven't even seen the pictures yet. I know. (laughs) I don't need to see pictures. (laughs) Oh, wow, yeah, they're ingrained in your... (laughs) You're sick, man. Uh, I am. <laughs> what is my freaking problem, dude? You have no problems. Okay. Anyways, uh, listen. That's. I mean, that's all we, that I that I really have to talk about the Salty Horror Film Festival for now. Um, I will definitely be posting updates on CadaverLab.com. Uh, you know, whenever something newsworthy happens, so definitely, you know, keep keep track of that. I, I think it's. I'm actually pretty impressed with the way it's gone so far and the way that the organizers have been handling it. But uh, anyway, so I'm pretty excited about how it's coming together, the professionalism involved. So, you know, I, 
you know, I'm just a dumbass kind of wandered on, hey, you need some help with the website? <laughs> no, but I'm pretty stoked about it. It should be a cool deal. Oh, one other thing I, I forgot to mention is that uh, um, your friendly host of the Midnight Podcast, Corey, did the logo. Oh, really? Yeah. That's one talented mofo. Yeah. He, uh, he did a great job. You know, we're all pitching in. We're all donating our time, you know, just because, I mean, I mean, when you think horror, do you think Utah? No. Maybe you will soon. That's a good point. You see how I set that up yeah, for you? Yeah, that was good. We yeah. didn't even rehearse that. <laughs> I didn't even think about it until you said no. <laughs> anyway. Because we, we do this without the microphones on all the way through, and then we go back and record it <laughs> so that we can make sure that it comes together the right way. So all our dick jokes oh, are yeah. so oh, – yeah. our timing is just so on. That's right. Uh, one last thing I want to talk about before we get into voicemails. Uh, I got my brand spanking new copy of uh, a book called Stay Dead, uh, Volume 1. It's, uh, I, I don't know exactly how it's going to do, uh, if it's going to be in volumes or what, but it's uh, by Steve Wands. There are two uh, stories in this one. It's The Stranger and the Tunnel Rats. And let's just say that Steve Wands did a great job with this book. I just kind of want to pimp the book for a minute. Make sure to go to, and I, you know, I don't know, the, the uh, URL is pretty long, so I won't read it online, or over on the podcast. But what I'll do is I'll link to it on the front page of cadaverlab.com in the show notes. And uh, definitely check it, this book out. You can actually download it for free, you know, in, uh, in electronic format. But you can, you know, you can pay 5 bucks or five ninety nine for it to be shipped. And uh, it's an excellent book. I just mm. wanted to make sure that we mentioned that. Uh, Steve Wands is a great guy, uh, great author. You know, let's support these guys. Anyways, that's it. You have anything to add? I feel like you've been talking a long time. No, you got good stuff. Are you talking about the stuff I talked about or what's in my pants? <laughs> Just teasing. All right, do you want to get into some voicemails? Let's hear them. Hi, guys. Sam and Mike. This is uh, DC Frenchie. Uh, I just listened to your uh, episode 39 uh Great show. Um, I love the movie The Descent, and I love the uh, uh, Ginger Snaps. And that guy that called that didn't like Ginger Snap too, he's, he, he should be retarded because I loved it. I loved the the three movies, even the one from the 15 or 16 or 17th century. Um, movie of Ginger's Knives in the beginning. Um, I like werewolf movies, so this is why I liked it. Um, for Descent, Descent, it's a great movie. Uh, I think it's Neil Marshall, the director. He's a, he did a good job. Uh, he's the one that did uh, Dog Soldiers, so, you know, I'm waiting for that sequel also. And Descent 2, uh, should be coming out for the Toronto After Dark Festival uh, at the end of August, I think, this weekend. So, uh, yeah, um, great show, and um, I hope you guys uh, will do uh, more reviews um, about better movies, you know. So, um, yeah, bye. You know, Frenchie, I agree. People should be retarded, and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to call them out from now on. So that's good. Oh, uh, you know what? You know what? The funny thing is, is being so busy lately, I completely miss it. The After Dark Horror Fest is out right now. Is it? 
I'm going to have to check on that because he said it was going to be at the end of August. What is it today, the 2nd of September? You know, that would make sense because on uh, Comcast On Demand, they yeah. had horror, they had a horror fest from a couple years ago. I was able to watch a whole bunch of the movies. Yeah, I wonder if... Um, so I wonder why that's why they did it. Yeah, that's probably what they're doing to, to garner some interest. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I haven't even checked that out yet. Maybe we'll have to do a show so we have an excuse to watch all those. Yeah. Kind of like we did a show, what was the other one, The Underground? Ghost House oh, Underground yeah. a mm-hmm. long time ago. I still mm-hmm. haven't watched all those. I just haven't mm-hmm. had time to watch all those movies yet. But uh, you know what? I'm amazed because... I started to watch, I I don't know what I was doing, but I threw in The Descent again, mm-hmm. just to, just because it was handy, it was still hanging out since our last episode, so I just threw it in, and um, I don't know what my problem was the very first time I watched it. I hated it. Yeah. I did not like it. I remember you saying that when I came to you, because somebody recommended it to me, I'm like, have you seen The Descent? You're like, yeah, it's not all that great. I don't, I and I watched it, and I was like, wow, this is this is really good? I must have been in a pissy mood yeah. or something because, I don't know. I You were in the same mood I was when I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And you were still getting shit from that. I know. <laughs> which you deserve. <laughs> I need, you know what? I should break that out and watch it again. I think you should. I've, I've been clearing my iPod like no other. Uh-huh. I have watched so many movies. I had probably 35 movies on there. Really? I'm down to one and, one and a half. Really? Yeah, so I watched. Uh, I got this this uh, two pack of Hammer films. Oh, what, dude! It was wait, awesome. wait, wait, wait. You didn't bring it tonight, so I no, could, so no, I no, no. I just I backed them up for Netflix. Oh, I yes. So you didn't bring them? No, I should. They were awesome. It was uh, the Gorgon. Oh, I have that one. And then uh, Scream of Fear. Yeah, I have that one too. Yeah, so those <laughs> so get all excited. <laughs> You're an idiot. But they were really good. Oh, you know, I, mean, I was watching those, and I, I was a little worried because Scream of Fears in black and white. Right. And like, eh, I couldn't take my eyes off it. It was really engaging. You know, we should do a, a Hammer Horror uh, show because I love Hammer Horror. In fact, uh, that's the one thing when I was a kid that my dad didn't care if I watched. I mean, there are some, oh, really? there's some Hammer Horror, uh, for instance, that one we did that was on the video nasties, the Satanic the, Rites of Dracula that showed a little booby here well, and there. To the Devil a Daughter was... was That That was the last time. Yeah, you were right. But uh, no, he let me watch a, a few of the earlier ones. Mm-hmm. I think he let me watch uh, Dracula. Mm. You know, and you know some of the some of the ones that are you know now they're pretty dry and whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, pretty tame by today's standards. But you know what? I I thoroughly enjoy those. My wife yeah. my wife will even watch those with yeah. me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was. She, I the, really enjoyed it. My wife the whole time's like, "Wow, that is a beautiful room. Look at that architecture. Mm. Look at that. Look at those uh, costumes." Mm-hmm. I'm like, are you kidding me? Look at those boobies about to fly out of those costumes. I didn't. I don't really say that. Yeah, I, right. I keep that to myself. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like I'm gonna say that. I do say you, you it. Say it. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes. I say it. All well, the time. I only say it just to just to get a reaction. Right. Just so she knows I'm alive and there <laughs> and breathing and warm. I, I'm trying to think of I, some of the... Reaching out for people. No, but the Gorgon is good. I like yeah, that was really good. I'm trying to think of some of the other ones that I've been watching. That, those are the only two Hammer films, but I watched uh, The Grave Dancers. Um, oh, that that's a, that's a horror fest. Yeah, that was pretty good. That's with Cauliflower Ear. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I, I can't remember was, the guy's name, but yeah. he plays Dracula in, in Blade Three. Oh, oh, yeah. Does that guy not have cauliflower ear? Yeah, that, guy's, that guy's weird looking. I think he just has like tiny, perfectly round ears that make me think of cauliflower ear. That's rude. That is rude. That guy's gonna come kill us now. <laughs> Let's see. What else have I? What else have I watched? I, I just. I mean, I trucked right through it. You know what I've been think. watching? What? I watched. Um, oh yeah, Embodiment of Evil, Coffin oh, yeah. Joe, the third movie in the Coffin Joe series. Have you watched those? I haven't. No, I don't even know. Wow, what I need about. to let you borrow those All because right. those are well. You have to go in understanding that there, that you know, there are quirks and there are, you know, I mean, it's it's. 
you have to kind of be in the right kind of frame of mind. But if you are, they are excellent. Really? I loved all three of those movies. In fact, uh, like what kind of mood do you have to be in? Well, here here's the deal. Uh, you know, and we're going we're going off a little bit here, yeah. but uh, who ca- it's fine. Who cares? We had a four hour episode yeah. last time. There's no way this uh, this episode's going to reach four hours. So yeah. people would be like, "What's wrong? So short?" No, basically, what it is is uh, this guy, this strange guy. His name is uh, Ze. Z E. That's that's not as like long name. I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly what it is. But basically, he is the town undertaker, um, and he just. He, it's weird. He kind of walks around with a cape and a top hat on, and he's just kind of this dark and brooding guy. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't believe anything that the town like he 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 makes fun of everyone for their uh, uh, Christianity and their religion. And he's like so proud of himself because he believes in his own thing and he thinks everybody else is foolish. And and his big thing is 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 uh, he doesn't really believe in an afterlife or anything like that. But what he does believe in is the uh, bloodline, meaning he has to. And his ultimate goal is to find the perfect woman. Oh, really? And impregnate her to have the perfect child. It's funny because, especially in the second one, he he tests. He, he like it seems like he rounds up all these ladies and then tests them to see if they're worthy. <laughs> like one, like there's one uh, scene where they're all. I don't know how he rounded them up. He but he got them all and he has this room with like ten beds in it and they're all just laying there, you know, asleep. You know, in a very revealing nineties, might I add? Oh yes. But uh, so he he lets loose like a hundred tarantulas, and uh, they just crawl over, and all of them are freaking out except for one. And he's like, "Oh yes, she is the one." No way. No, it. it and the thing is, I don't want to give it away, but the endings of uh, of uh, especially the first two are excellent. So, what is the series called? Um, Coffin Joe. Uh, I don't know exactly what the what the series is called itself, uh-huh. but if you were to look up Coffin Joe, I think there's all, I think there's just the main two okay. films. Okay. Uh, but uh, or main excuse me, main three films. Uh, but Jose Mojica Marins did uh, it was it was a filmmaker mm. uh, from uh, South America, and, and that's where all these movies from. They're mm. great, they're excellent. But like I said, you have to be prepared for a little bit of maybe dramatic acting and oh. you know a little bit of the uh there, there's some kind of funny parts that i don't think were supposed to be funny oh. but other than that i mean the story is, is very unique and uh the guy's really kind of creepy hmm. so uh but he's i mean i don't know why everyone's so scared of him he's such a little puss but <laughs> but anyway well that's and see that's the thing is I've, i was enjoying watching I, I just was thinking of some other ones i watched they and uh, which shocker, one? they the first one. They meaning the West Cravens or was that? Yeah, uh, oh. it was a West Cravens. It's the one where the they, the kid the people were marked when they were kids, and then these creatures come back and get them. Yeah, that's that. They, I can't remember, but oh, maybe it's them. I think there was a uh, a French movie that the that the was released as them or they. Mm. I think it was them, but uh, I can't remember what it was called. But it was excellent. And I wish I had the French name. Mm. If I could remember the French name, maybe DJ Frenchy could help me out. Yeah. <laughs> Since this is all in response to his uh, oh, that's right. voicemail. Jeez. Anyways, yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying watching some movies. So I, I get to watch Iron Man, like not the Americanized version. There's mm-hmm. so, maybe people know about it, but I heard that was a really good show, so or a really good movie. So I'm looking forward to watching it. I'll kill you for that. Yeah, I know. My bad. By the way, you I know, even crossed that out right here. But this show started awesome. I had to change it to movie because we didn't want to piss anybody no. off. In our oh. Utah slang. That's right. Okay. Go Cougars. That's right. <laughs> That's right. This week, college football. 
That's all we'll say about it. This, to, is, this is. is not a sports. No, this is not a sports is not. podcast. Nope. But but go Cougs. Go Cougars over Oklahoma. Big time. <laughs> hey Mike and Sam, it's Ed again from Upstate New York, and in response to your comments on my last voicemail, that is why we call it Upstate, so we're not associated with New York City. Uh, and actually, I'm very upstate, 25 miles south of the Canadian border even though people that live about an hour north of New York City like to call themselves as upstate. Uh, we in B- above Albany, the capital, really know that we are upstate and they're downstate. Regardless, none of it's New York City, which we don't like to be associated with. So I thought I'd clear that up. Okay. You know what, dude? Just tell them that shit rolls downhill, <laughs> so the further up you are, the less shit you got on your face. But, <laughs> but then he's real close to Canada. Yeah. Canada's all right. I mean, well, I've never that, been there. Listen, once that line hits, that's all downhill from the the U.S. border anyway up there. It's all like uh, the McKinsey brothers and uh, Atlantis Morissette. Yeah. That, that's all it is. Listen, as soon as your money catches up to being as worth as much as ours, then you can start talking. But until then, shut up. <laughs> I'm yes, I am picking a border war right now. <laughs> I'm talking about Canada. Yeah, that's fine. Well, what's wrong with Canada? Listen, man? they named one of their pieces of money Looney. Seriously, dude. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, that is, yeah. <laughs> I did not yeah, know I've that. I've been to Canada. They have the, the biggest mall in Edmonton. That's that's like their claim to fame. And every time I was walking around, what, what? Do you want, I was going to order my food. Do you want some food, eh? And they, they seriously talk like that. They say, eh, after stuff. Oh, I know. And uh, Jeff Crazy from like, came from the basement's always like, so what's that about? Oh, but, yeah. but you know what? Listen, <laughs> we talk funny. We no, say, we don't. We say show. No. Instead of movie. Listen, that's not listen, a... Listen, it's a regional thing. I'm going to stick up for... That is not... Listen, I'm going to stick up no. for not only Canadians, but from people from the different part of uh, different parts of the United States. Listen. We, we speak differently, okay? We do that's speak that. a little bit differently, but canatards are the worst. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> they should be retarded. <laughs> hey, guys. It's uh, Jason from Asperat. It's been a long time since I've called in. Uh, just wanted to say, when the fuck do you plan on doing Street Trash? Because I've been waiting, like, a fucking long time for you guys to cover that movie. Uh, yeah. Other than that, fucking love you. Have a good one. See ya. Jason, I don't know where you've been, man. Go check that out. Episode 16. Episode 16 <laughs> is where Street Trash is. We talk about it right there in the middle, so you have to listen to the whole thing, but go check it out. Oh. <laughs> uh. I love First it. First of all, you piss off every Canadian that there is that because every Canadian listens to the show. That's right. Are there any Canadian? I, I'm sure there are Canadians that listen, listen to the show. No, there's not. <laughs> no? Well, and the funny thing is if you know the history of Canada that... I don't know the history of Canada. Well, what happened was is England sent all their rapists and... All the people that were that should be retarded, they just sent them to Canada, and they like just dude, spread out. It's dude, they're like a step below hillbillies. Dude, 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 that was Australia. No, that was Canada. <laughs> really? Yes. No, I, no, it, they did that to Australia too, but that was more like the murders. This is like the rapists and like the uh, therapists. Didn't you, did you say they oh, sent yeah, all the, the therapists? therapists? Yeah, yeah. No, no, not the therapists, just the therapists. Well, it, it was about the same time, like when you know how those guys used to wear powdered wigs. Yeah. Well, then they decided that's pretty gay. <laughs> So they sent all those guys that wore powder wigs, powdered wigs to Canada. Did they still wear powdered wigs in the UK in Parliament? Well, they still do up in Canada, too. I mean, listen, the toughest guy you got up there is called a Mountie. 
I mean, let's. I'm I'm a mounter. No, I was gonna say, <laughs> I was gonna say, Sam is just loves going up there because he's a mounter and he has no respect for any mountee after That's exactly one night. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> just, uh, I know you're gonna race all this. No, so I'm not gonna race. What? Any, I'm not gonna race any of it. <laughs> That's because you agree with it. I don't. Oh, I don't oh, agree with it. Oh, okay. I, you know what? The thing is, is I will withhold my judgment. I, I don't really know a whole lot of Canadians. I've never been there. Listen, Maple Leaf versus Eagle. I mean, you have a Maple Leaf on your flag. A Maple Leaf. Good one. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, guys. This is Julie from 19 Nocturne Boulevard. I was just listening to your Girl Power episode and some interesting comments to make on that. Um, one thing... I really liked, I think you guys did actually a a really good job, I shouldn't say actually, you know, you guys are always fun to listen to, but of of talking about some of the stuff in here, um, particularly in I Spit on Your Grave. Um, One thing is I like the way you mentioned that these guys are kind of powerless. I read a really great book on, that has a chapter on rape revenge movies called, um, the book is called Men, Women, and Chainsaws. It's a study of gender bias in horror films, and it talks a lot about... um, yeah, I know, Sam is already zoned out. He's just picturing me on that beanbag chair again. But um talked a lot about rape-revenge movies and how it's usually not only a male-female fight, I mean, because it is, but it's also, in general, I mean, apart from, like, deliverance, but it's also a class war because the, the ones, the victim character is usually from the middle or upper class, or at least perceived to be better off. And the others are usually from a lower class, whether they're gangsters or rednecks or whatever. And uh, and they strike out partly because of their helplessness and their crappy-ass life or something. Anyway, just interesting. I wanted to say I appreciate that you noticed that. Um, but uh, and you were wondering why they were making the half-wit do the killing. And I think the reason why was, ow, because, sorry, I whacked my head on something. Uh, the, the reason why was because the guys were all culpable. They had all participated in the rape, except him. And so they were trying to make him more criminal like them so that, you know, they, that he would have more of a vested interest in helping protect them, uh, you know, uh, so that, that that he was just as guilty as the rest of them. Anyway, um, last thing, you know, talking about the coming-of-age aspects of ginger snaps, uh, before anyone started bringing up the whole idea of the massive uh, gay overtones of Nightmare on Elm Street 2, a friend of mine posited that it was actually more about the coming of age of guys in a similar way. Now, I know, you know, now that they're pointed out, they're pretty damn obvious, all the, you know, I'd rather sleep with you kind of thing. But, um, you know, uh, but, but if you look back at it without that in mind, he's having dreams about being violent. He's afraid to be near his girlfriend for fear of hurting her things like that, and that's, you know, maybe, you know, uncontrolled mood swings, testosterone poisoning, you know. There's a lot of that that could be the, the horrors of going through puberty for a guy. It's something to think about. Okay, bye-bye. Well, that was good to hear from Julie. She had a, a bunch of great points, but she mentioned something about having a beanbag and hitting her head on something. I What? Yeah, didn't you hear that in there? <laughs> uh, no. I mean, I heard the beanbag. 
Yeah, and then she said she hit her head on something. I was just wondering what she was doing. I don't really get the joke. I don't either. <laughs> there's no joke. I'm just wondering what she was doing. Your face right now is telling me there's a joke. No. no. Really? <laughs> you just look that way all the time? <laughs> awesome. You know what? I, I do have to say one thing. That is the, the point made about, uh, first of all, is testosterone poisoning a real Yeah, thing? I don't know. I started worrying about that all of a sudden. When I was his age, I whacked it enough to make sure that that uh, never happened. There was happened no to me. testosterone buildup. <laughs> no. Wait, wait. Did I just, actually? Did there I was, just say that? Oh I my should gosh. say there was testosterone buildup on the sock under my bed. Ah, <laughs> damn it! I'm cutting out my part of that and leaving it in yours. <laughs> no, so you not. sound like the dumbass. <laughs> I already know you're cutting out the like 15 minutes of what we just talked about before. About so. the, only the Canadians. I'm I, leaving what, that only. What are you talking about? You're racist. What? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. You are racist against Canadians. I am not. I love them. (laughs) Um, What was I saying? Oh, about the the culpability of uh, the halfwit. You know, that's actually a pretty decent point because even though he tried to rape, I don't remember. Was it he couldn't get a he couldn't get it up or what? No, he just couldn't have an orgasm. He was he was going. He was doing some of the in and out. You know what? (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Clockwork Orange. Orange on my mind. You know, but but still, I, I you know I see that point. I think that's a good point because mm-hmm. the other guys, whereas he was coming at it from kind of a scared and uh, innocent perspective, those guys were were uh, yeah. ultra violent to uh, to add to the Clockwork Orange uh, theme we got going on. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's a that's actually a great point. That's uh, I hate to get all intellectual on your ass, but. She started it. That's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. She she that she did a great job. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually surprised she ever called back. Me too. Because you're a bastard. No, I'm not. Well, not like literally, she but I mean. She knows I'm just a little playful. <laughs> and that wasn't me that called a couple of episodes ago. What? <laughs> hey, guys. McPierce here. Just got a little question for Sam. What's 138? Dinner for four. Little Dead Podcast. Later. All right, let's see. 138 and dinner for four. I have no- I'm going to say that's some sort of weird sexual position for people that have two genitalia sets. Have you seen the movie The Stuff? No, I don't even know what that is. Basically, it's about all these high society people who are actually like marshmallow people, and they have this giant orgy, but instead of just having sex, they like turn into marshmallows and mingle with each other. That sounds really What good. was my point again? I don't know. I think We're that... trying to figure out when he said 138 and dinner for four. <laughs> and then you said sexual position? I said maybe yeah. that's it. Maybe yeah. it's the stuff. Ooh. I have actually no idea. <laughs> I, th- I swear to you, I had a point. That's going out. I'm just teasing. <laughs> Every God, we're really uh, threatening a lot of edits this episode. Yeah, but if you go go check out uh, McPierce's uh, a little dead podcast. Yeah, Sam. It's good. Sam you know, hosted one. Yeah, I did. And and the nice thing about it is, if if you if you have a hard time getting through a four hour marathon, you know <laughs> McPierce does a good job of hitting topic for like fifteen twenty minutes, and then he's done. But no, he, they're they're creeping up a bit. Are they into the thirty <clears throat> thirty five minute realm? Ooh. Pretty soon he'll be up to three hours and fifty minutes. It happens right. to the best of us. Yeah, it does. You know what, what are you going to do? Holy fucking shit! According to my phone, I haven't called the show since July. For Christ's sake! Uh, but you know, people—they aren't exactly clamoring for 
the sonorous tones of Metal Mikey calling in. But, you know, hey, I figured it's about time I caught up, especially with the controversial jab thrown at me at episode 39. Now, first off, I'm Sam. I'm Mike. Both doing great, as always. And I will pass on a note, Mike, that you did a really good job of the interviews in episode 39. You know, I've... I was honored to give a review of one of the first issues of Short Stack from Angry Gnome Comics. But it was really cool hearing Sean and just hearing what he's up to with the company. So he reinvigorated my interest in Angry Gnome Comics. And Die, Monster, Die? Well, hell, I'm going to check them out. The music sounded sweet. Their interview, they sound like really hell of a guys. So, you know, hey, I'm going to support them. But no, we're going to get to the topic at hand. Okay, Metal Max. Now, now, before I get too confrontational, I will say, we're brothers in metal. If if there's one thing that metal music has taught me, especially metal music from Manowar, it's that we are a brotherhood. We should be united against the forces of lame and shitty music in the land. We We should just tear shit up. Now, come on, I'm offering the olive branch first, before I get too crazy here. So, come on, Metal Max, we're going to, you know, get the fucking warhammer of metal on the landscape, and we're just going to tear shit up. You hear me? All right. Now, as for your actual movie coverage in episode 39, I'm not going to say too much about Ginger Snaps, because the strangest thing is, I've actually only seen the third one. For some strange reason, one day I decided on a whim to rent the third Ginger Snaps. Now, I know people are probably saying already, yeah, well, that's kind of the, not as lesser as part two, but still one of the lesser entries. I still enjoyed it, so I think with my enjoying the third part, I probably will enjoy the first part like a thousand times more so. But, wow, the descent. You know, I might actually go so far as to say that was a bone saw, in my opinion. Why? Because here's a testament to the effectiveness of The Descent. The first time I saw The Descent wasn't in the theaters, although if I saw it in the theaters, I probably wouldn't be talking with you now, because I probably would have died of a fucking heart attack. But, saw it on DVD, watched it on a Sunday morning, a bright Sunday morning, in fact. And remember, this is on my television set. I was like, I could tell I was tense because I was pacing while watching it. If I'm really keyed up and sort of like startled by the events of a movie, I will actually start pacing to sort of try and calm me down a bit more. So, yeah, The Descent, one of the greatest horror movies that's been put out in recent years, in my estimation. And, oh, fuck, there was one more thing I wanted to say. Oh, yeah, I did want to praise the imaginativeness of a certain Steven from JAFMP. Honestly, if you don't end up using that as like a repeated sounder or ad for Cadaver Lab, then I know for sure that Mike, you, you, you probably lost your mind, or Sam, you've taken too many chair shots to the head from Kevin Bacon. Because he's a sneaky bastard like that. Fuck Kevin Bacon. Anyways... I will talk to you both again soon. Hope you're enjoying a good day. 
you know, relax him with a dish of nachos, and I will talk to you again later. All right, bye. Dude, so, you know what, we appreciate the fact that you're, that you're you know, lending out there, or uh, presenting the Olive Branch to Metal Max, but you didn't mention Manowar. I wish I ha- we could have recorded Sam's reaction when I showed him a picture of Manowar. <laughs> Four hairy dudes greased up in their bikini doilies. <laughs> Unbelievable. It's like, is that the one he picked? He's like, oh, is that really? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Listen, Metal Mikey, remind me not to screw with you because I don't know how you keep track that you know that the last time you called us was in July on your phone. The phone, the phone. I'm going to start calling call you Metal MacGyver because I don't know how the hell you know that. Do you realize that his phone is actually made of a rubber band, two paper clips? <laughs> And a tampon. That's awesome, dude. Yes. And another thing about Kevin, dumbass bacon, just so everybody knows, and we all know that he's a dipshit, <laughs> loser ass, he's from Canada. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, yes, this is Drunk Dialing, take one. Hey, guys, this is Otter. It's 3.14 in the a.m. on a Sunday morning. Let me tell you, when you get a job where you're working midnights, boy, are the weekends fun. I love trying to stay up all night so I can go back to work on Sunday. But, uh, yeah, I just finished listening to the latest episode, another stellar episode. You guys should make them as long as possible because, I mean, if we're tired of listening to you, just hit pause or exit out of the iTunes program or your iPod or whatever you do. But, yes, I'm calling from the sunny tropical land of McPierce. I've been drinking Jim Beans and Pepsi for the last five hours. I'm not getting sleepy. I've got Bill Hicks playing on the background. So, and Sam's no longer a bitch. Sam's an all right guy. But, uh, yep. Uh, we're going to watch Wreck and Dead Girl tomorrow. I've briefed my wife on Wreck, but... I haven't told her anything about Dead Girl because I have yet to see it myself and I don't want to ruin anything for her because she might just tell me, no, we're not watching some movie about partial necrophilia. Anyways, well, rock out with your cock out. This is the end of my drunk dialing. Goodbye. Listen, I I need Otter. I need you to call back because I'm, I'm a little bit hazy on when I was a bitch. And maybe it's been the whole time. I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just I'm I'm looking I to think see that's when that just happens. A general consensus. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. Well, and, I accept that. So one uh, one of our listeners has finally allowed you to graduate. Oh, I'm so happy about that. He probably doesn't even remember why you were a bitch in the first place. No. But Jim Beam's talking, so that's fine. <laughs> Dude, uh, just so you know, you are a very he's a newlywed. I know. I remember. So yeah, I, it's what, probably too uh, late to tell you. You probably ought to. Like not watch that with your wife. It's probably too late to tell you that. Well, I'm I'm trying to think is is would would my wife have reacted better if we were married ten years and watched that, or if we were married? What he's probably been married two or three months now. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I, I think that she, I don't think she would have lasted very long. No, no, my wife would have. Yeah, she would have been out of there so fast, <laughs> and she would have just stood at the top of the stairs and looked at me while I was watching. Like, made you, you feel guilty? Are a sick bastard for even checking that out. <gasps> Listen, it's just it's all it's all about art. <laughs> that's what, that's why I watch it. You know what? You're one of the most artistic people that I know. <laughs>
<laughs> that, that's oh another uh, another instance of uh, Sam busting out to take a look at the TV because holy sucks. shit. You've never seen this part? I, I forgot about it. Who? Okay, we're watching the last part of Dust Till Dawn. Number one. Number one. Because he loved number dancers. two so much. There's some, wow. Did you forget about all this? Damn. Yeah. But, uh, by the way, thanks for the voicemail. Uh, we hope you're still married. Hey, there was one other thing. It was very interesting. I don't know if anybody's, anybody has seen Fanboys. That was another show that was on my thing. Yeah, I saw that. Thing. You, you saw it? I seen it. So I was laughing. I was thinking it was pretty funny because I really enjoy Star Wars. Yep. Call me a nerd, a bitch, whatever. Uh-huh. I really enjoy well, Star Wars. I don't think. That's fine. Okay. So, anyways, I get to the end of this show, this movie, and... They're standing in line, and uh, I guess so-and-so is like a big, heavy comic book guy now. And so these two right. Boba Fett guys come up and ask him for his autograph. Uh-huh. One of them was JT. JT. Oh, really? The dead girl. No way. So I'm laughing, smiling, thinking, no, it was a great movie. And then I saw JT, and all of a sudden I got sick. I'm like, you, I know what you're going to do after you leave <laughs> this Star Wars premiere. I, I know exactly where know you're that. going. Yeah, it was weird to see him. He was all happy, trying, you know, going like, for the what? autograph. That is so weird. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I have. Hard, I've bizarre. never seen him in anything other than Dead Girl. Yeah. So that would be, it was well, weird. I've seen fanboys. I don't. I didn't recognize. I him. went and looked on his IMDb profile. It said he was uh, Boba Fett number two, right? And wow. just had a little part. The other movie that I watched that I I had a little spotting was uh, spotting. Well, <laughs> what? <laughs> what the? What? I meant that I spotted somebody. I watched The Cottage. And yeah. Doug Doug Bradley was in that. You know what? That was a pretty good show. Yeah, that was a good show. I, I really I, I enjoyed so that. So Smeagol. Yeah, and I didn't realize that until after you told me. I'm like, oh yeah, I did. Smeagol. What is that guy? Doug Bradley. I peed one uh, stall away from him. There's one stall in between me and Doug Bradley. Did you try and get some splash on you? No. Hi, this is Robert R. Best, or just Rob Best. Uh, Robert R. Best. dot com. Uh, don't look at the podcast. dot com. Lakewood Memorial and all that pluggy goodness. Um, I call him for two reasons. One, uh, your comments on The Descent, I just wanted to say I really love that movie, and I think the relationship stuff is actually important to it because I think, and not that the movie is like a, a, a metaphor or anything, but I think the characters kind of descent into grief and eventually madness and revenge is kind of part of the subtext of the meaning of the word, the descent. Um I would also be curious to know which version you guys saw because there are two different endings. There's the original ending and then there's the American cut, which is a little bit different but kind of changes the tone of the movie a little bit. Um, Also, since you guys are such big fans of movies involving uh, Menchies, you might be interested in a uh, very low-budget experimental vampire movie called... uh, Najda, if I'm remembering correctly, N-A-J-D-A, which includes a little lesbian vampire action involving, well, you know, yeah. And I thought that might be right up your guys' alley, since you know you're such big, big fans of the subject. And that's all. We'll talk to you guys later. Love the show. Bye-bye. Fans of lesbians? Duh. Yeah. <laughs> That's good to hear from okay. our buddy uh, Rob Beck. You know, I will say, I'm not sure which uh, version we watched. I, I don't know either. I uh, actually have the Blu-ray of that. And oh, I wonder if do? it has, yeah, I, I got it for a birthday. You know what the funny thing is, is I got the Blu-ray before I liked it. That's I mean, funny. Before I, you know what the thing is, is I don't know what my problem was. I really, even the first part, the third time, you know, third time I watched it, I, I, I sat through the whole thing. I didn't fast forward. Mm-hmm. And even the first part wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, there was still a little, but maybe, I don't, I don't know. I, I swear. 
I don't know what was wrong with me when I watched that the very first yeah, time. Yeah, that's a great I'm show. glad I watched it again because it scared the crap out of me. And that's a good point about the descent into madness. I mean, that's a because that is you know a very well-used phrase, and so that definitely makes a lot of sense. Well, and you know what? And one thing you mentioned that, that I think was uh, uh, pretty important is that how often has guilt led to other things? I, like, again, I don't want to talk about anything specific, but uh, I don't know. I think that when you, you feel a great amount of guilt, it can taint your perception. Sure. You know. Absolutely. You know. Hey, guys. This is Stace. You know, I figure no episode is complete without me verbally abusing you, right? Because that wasn't egocentric at all. Uh, I just want to call in and say that your uh, Girl Power episode was great. I don't think the length deterred for, or detracted from it at all. I listened to it in just a couple of, you know, sort of sporadically over the day, and I didn't feel overwhelmed or bored. You guys kept it entertaining. That's all that's important. And I also wanted to address the guy, I'm sorry, I didn't catch his name, who uh, said that Jason Voorhees could not be a zombie. Now, I just wanted to be known, I don't give a shit one way or the other how you classify Jason Voorhees. However, his logic was flawed in the fucking extreme. Haitian zombies are the original progenitor of the word zombie, and they neither ate flesh nor brains and uh, were essentially resurrected dead that were to be used as slaves for the resurrector. So if you're looking at it from that perspective, you could argue that Jason Voorhees is a zombie. Like I said, I don't give a shit. I think he's just a lumbering homunculus with a machete. Anywho, that's my two cents. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Have we told everybody to go check out creepykitch.blogspot.com yet? I think we have. Okay, because I went and checked it out, and it's pretty cool. There's there's some good stuff on there, and and I read about uh, the thing, and I thought it was a really good uh, review of the movie, the thing. I thought it was really good. Oh, cool! And they include like little movies and stuff, like little clips from the movies. Uh-huh. I thought I thought it was really good. Excellent. So, anyways, it, yeah. So we appreciate you calling in, and that's uh, you know. I have a couple of points to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, first of all, on the length of the episode, she says that the length didn't deter at all. Um, I was going to say that, uh, does length ever really detract? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, that, that's I a legitimate either. question. I don't know. Uh, secondly, it's also, it's great that we can, uh, open up the airwaves to, uh, healthy discourse on, uh, important subjects such as, I'm not even going to mention what it is. Yeah. We don't. Everybody calls in, they're like, I'm not going to get into it. I don't give a shit. However, and then they state their opinion and we are going to cause so much so much pain and should, hardship. Should I weigh in on it? No. Jason? Beep. <laughs> no, I'm not going to weigh in. No. Anyway, so that's all we've got for voicemails today. Thank you all so much for calling in. Make sure to call in yourself at 206-339-2730. Did I just do that? I usually save that for the end of the show. I know. I Anyways. We're, this one's off, man. We are off <laughs> a little t- bit. <laughs> I feel okay. I feel good. I don't know. I feel like uh, I feel like Canadians are advancing on me. <laughs> we'll be right back. Prime member of the Douchebag Podcasting Network. Podcasting? What the fuck is that bullshit?
We are back with the grade A list of independent horror movies. And I've got to say, actually, we, we only chose three. Um, obviously, there are tons of good ones. Uh, we could have done Dead Girl again, which I would have done again, except yeah. for they would have been boring because we just did it. Did you say you would have done Dead Girl again, JT? Thanks, uh, Beavis. <laughs> uh, no, but I think I think we actually chose uh, three good ones. Uh, I had never seen any of these. I'd only seen parts of Splinter because Splinter, I think, came out as a Sci-Fi Channel uh, debut or mm. something. I don't know. Mm. It's already been on. It's already been on the Sci-Fi Channel. That's where I saw it, mm-hmm. and uh, I only saw a little bit of it, and I didn't catch anything that was going on, and I didn't get any kind of significant time with it. So. And so, I'd seen head trauma before. <laughs> head trauma. Let's, yeah, let's, we'll get let's get right into it right now. Where the hell have you been? No place, really. I just needed a change. But I'm back now, and I'll fix up my grandmother's place. Head trauma. Oh, by the way, I just wanted to say you can you can thank Vaughn for head trauma. Yeah. You know what? Vaughn is the same guy. By the way, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. This is not a reflection of head trauma, but Vaughn. Do you know what the the the, the first two movies that come to mind that uh, that I can think of that Vaughn has actually recommended to me? I'm going to say My Fair Lady and The Music Man. I wish. I only <laughs> wish because these movies were much more painful to watch. Oh. First one, Sallow or 120 Days of Sodom. I watched that off of uh, 
You haven't seen that. No, right? I've not seen you, that. You that's one movie that I will say do not watch. That sounds spectacular. It's supposed to be it's supposed to be this is a great artistic film and you know what for all I know it has you know the the cinematography's great these you know whatever but it is one of the most disturbing movies that I've ever seen and uh I guess the other one. Uh head trauma. That's the third one. Oh. In Trails of a oh, Beautiful Woman. Oh, that's right. That yeah. was from him. That was horrible <laughs> i mean well the, you know i mean i can't really get on this case about either of those two because i heard um vaughn and des from uh, dread media did a dual podcast and did 120 days of sodom and they were they, they were talking about it. i'm like it can't be that freaking bad i watched it, it was that freaking bad <laughs> and then uh i also listened to vaughn's uh entrails of a beautiful woman episode he did oh this has been this has been quite a while mm-hmm. i bet it's almost been six months mm-hmm. uh, eight months but um so I mean I heard all about it. He described it perfectly, but uh, I still went and did it anyway. So who's the dumbass here? The guy who says it, or the guy who knows what it's all about and still chooses to watch it? The latter. Thank you. I was hoping you'd say the the, the first one. No, because that made me. Feel I'm better. scared of Vaughn, so I have to say the. <laughs> you're, you're scared of Vaughn. I am. Have you seen how big that dude's he's, head is? Yeah, he's a big dude. <laughs> Just and he's got that mean New Jersey come on, accent. We, we, uh, me and him have this uh, big head fight going on. Oh, you do? Yeah, because uh, he saw my examiner picture. It's, just, oh, it's from yeah. right here to right, right here, and right. then uh, and then uh, I saw he, his picture. He he had he was at a what do you call those an engagement party or something, you know? And I'm like, <laughs> with that head, that's like the pot calling the kettle black. That's right, Vaughn. <laughs> I feel so much better. We had to have an imitate Vaughn contest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> actually, we didn't imitate Sam contest. Yeah, we could do Vaughn. How would it go? I'm just hey, you mother effers! I'm just calling to say, fuck you guys. <laughs> wait, wait. That What are you, like an Italian? That's uh, what he Italian? sounds like. No, he doesn't. He sounds like a, well, maybe he does. Sounds like New Jersey dickweed to me. <laughs> He's well, not. Why are we ripping on this guy? Well, I, I don't know. You're right. Why are we? I don't know. He's a great guy. He is a good Puts guy. out a great podcast. Knows a hell of a lot more about film than I do. Motionpicturemassacre.com. Go vote for Vaughn. You know, speaking of votes, I haven't even checked. This whole month has been so busy, I haven't checked our votes. You know what? I don't care if people vote for us anymore. Do you? I don't. No. <laughs> I mean, we just enjoy doing it, so, I mean, recording the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. So, <laughs> any you. support we get is great. Awesome. And, hey, just right here before we get in the movies, then. Stop. So, you mentioned that we had a couple of people say they're going to make... The short clips we, for Cadaver Lab for YouTube. Did. So I'm excited about that. Hopefully more people get into that. Remember, we're going to put together a very hefty prize pack that includes the new DVD release of Drag Me to Hell. That's by, one little piece By the of way, it. I acquired a screener copy of that. You did? I did. I want that. It is excellent. Wow, dude. Anyway, but yeah. Yeah, it comes out October. Um, I don't know. Where do, we don't want to put any... I, well, again, what we're talking about is we think that there are some good ways to get just some funny ways to put Cadaver Lab out there on YouTube. And so we were talking about imitating famous scenes from movies, horror movies, and then incorporating somehow Cadaver Lab in there. And if you can do that, um, we've got that nice prize pack for you. I think that I think we're going to see some seriously funny stuff. Yep, well, we've got two bites so far, and That's I'm excited awesome. about them. Yeah, that'll be great. Um, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to mention the names because they might get all the pressure on them. Yeah, and then people might go to their houses if they don't come through and destroy them. Right. No just, pressure. Just teasing. No pressure. I don't think that's even going to happen. 
right. I bet you Metal Mikey would do it, except for he hasn't even listened to us since July. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. All right, let's get into our All first right. movie, uh, titled Head Trauma. Um, remember, recommendation from Vaughn. Uh, the year was 2006. The director was Lance Weiler. Uh, was written by Brian Majeska and Lance Weiler. Uh, the IMDb gave it a. Do you know what it gave it? Five point nine. Six point two. So yeah. pretty respectable for yep. IMDb. Yep. Uh, the budget was estimated to one hundred twenty-six k. Um, it was starring Vince Mola as George Walker, Jamil AC is it yeah J AC Mangan as Julian Thompson, Mary Monahan as Mary Sherman. Marilyn Brown is Roberta Thompson. Brandy Sanders is Susie. Jim Sullivan is Chester Jackson, and Louis A. Biscani is Ben Dobbs. Does, that does, many it say, in does it say who Robert Weiler was in it? I know he's the writer and the director, but he Lance was in Weiler. It. Oh, oh, Robert Weiler's in it somewhere. Oh, I don't he's know. in my six degrees. Oh, is he? Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, okay. I'm glad. I'm just glad you could pull that one off. Well, I got really scared because you said why, and I'm like, oh shit, oh whoa. <laughs> I hope I didn't write down a director and try to go because that's cheating. No, listen, desperate times, man. Uh, synopsis: After twenty, after a twenty-year absence, drifter George Walker. George Walker. Never mind. I, I was thinking that it was some kind of a bastard child of George Lucas and uh, Luke Skywalker. <laughs> After a 20-year absence, drifter George Walker returns home to settle his grandmother's estate. As if awakening from a long dream, he finds his childhood home condemned and littered with the remnants of squatters. In the midst of trying to save his past, George falls and strikes his head, triggering an onslaught of vivid nightmares and waking visions. As the horror intrudes on George's reality, his conviction grows that someone or something is trying to kill him. Now, before we go on, I do want to mention one thing. That I got off the good old IMDb. Uh, this was named the best indie feature of 2006 by Rumorg Magazine. So that's a pretty respectable source. What do you think about it? I don't get it. I don't. I, I had a hard time with this movie. Did you? I did. I just. I mentioned before that I'd seen it, and I'm joking around because I. It, this was the Machinist that had come out a couple of years before with Christian Bell. I mean, it ended almost the, the exact same way, and I just didn't. I was just watching it, and I just really didn't follow it the way that I, I was supposed to, I guess. I just, I don't know. It just kind of bothered me. You know, I kind of, um, I see where you're coming from, but uh, I kind of disagree. I think, I, I mean, obviously, I like this movie more than you did. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it was pretty apparent that it was a, this was a low-budget film. However, I think that, I think that it ended up, I, I was actually kind of scared in the beginning because you know the low-budget uh, you know, and I don't, I don't know any camera techniques or, or the technical terms for, you know, what kind of camera looks like what. But there, but you can tell on, on really low budget films, the camera looks different than in a regular feature mm -hmm. film. Um, and then we were getting some shots of that, where it was, I don't know, is it can it be too clear? Too, I, I, I have a hard time describing it. It's kind of like the difference between watching a soap opera versus. Right. Uh, Versus like a like Seinfeld or something, right. you know, just the, just the, how the camera looks on that, and you know, so I got a little worried about it, but uh, um, you know, I actually went through this and saw it. it got a six point two before I watched it, so I was like, oh, you know, let's let's just give it, <laughs> let's give it a, the benefit of the doubt. And you know, here's the story about this guy who has been down on his luck, comes back, and basically it's just kind of a, a mystery. 
you know he's getting these flashes these these uh hallucinations or you know these or having these dreams uh that ultimately lead him to uh an event which happened that he without spoiling it too much that that uh affected his life and blah 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 i you know i don't want to go too much into it but honestly the camera wasn't that bad the guy the acting wasn't it wasn't stellar but <clears throat> for a low budget independent movie i've definitely seen worse and um i don't know i didn't have the problem with this movie that you did mm. that's it <laughs> i just i you know i just did not like this movie i <laughs> I from the very beginning I I knew you know you have these flashes going yep. on and I knew exactly what was going on. There was no mystery to me. I knew exactly where this was headed. Well, I knew it was exactly coming on because some dildo called me today at work <laughs> and said it was the machinist. <laughs> but I just I'm like I don't this this is not doing it for me. I don't I don't care about the characters. I don't understand. Really? I don't understand about the stupid house. I don't you know you have this thing come in here and you know I'm understand I just I have Listen, a- I, you know what the thing is I, I I guess I can see where you come from I didn't mind I didn't mind the uh, the the characters at all I mean I I like George he I mean he was kind of I mean he was a believable guy I mean he a guy that was down on his luck trying to But how do you, you know, know he was down on his luck what are you talking about Well be, because uh you know in the beginning he he was on the phone you know kind of explaining that his plight that he's begging for uh some extra time with his grandmother's house cuz what he wanted to do is come and fix it up and sell it Right, but yeah. how did he? I guess I don't. You know, that's that's part of what I what bothered me about this. It well, was like, I think it's also his demeanor and the way he looks and stuff. You could tell that this guy, you know, it, it was down. I mean, it was down. Right, on but all of a sudden, he's he just decides to go back to his grandmother a, died. Yeah, but I mean, nothing happens with that, right? He just all of a sudden just goes and shows up at the grandma's house and starts. I guess I was under the impression that uh, somehow they had they had gotten a hold of him to let him know. But they, but that's they didn't though, and that's I, okay. I guess that's where I'm complaining about it. It's like there's all these assumptions that are being made, and it, it's trying to make me think: well, is the, this real? Is this not real? I don't know what's going on. And in the end, I'm just like, what? What the hell did you? I didn't like that journey at all. Okay, so I guess I made the assumption based kind of backwards. Yeah. Because first of all, he goes in there. He goes into his grandmother's house, and he, you know, one. A couple of events happen. He finds himself in a neighbor's home talking with one of the older, mm-hmm. uh, one of the older residents there, and uh, you know she she just she they were talking about it as if it hadn't been that long, right? And they but, were talking about it also. Well, you know what? You could be right. But he just wakes up in the subway and decides to go back to his grandma's house. No one's told him anything. I mean, I don't know if they've told him anything, and he just shows up at the house. But really, would that ruin it for you? I mean, uh, well, because, it, it okay, kind but of. let's say let's say he did. Let's say that he did. Just wake up and decide to go home, you know, to this house. I mean, uh, which, you know, now that I think of it, I maybe my assumption was bad. But let's say he did, let's say he just did show up. The house was in danger of being, you know, bulldozed over and, and destroyed. And it looks like nobody lived there for quite a while, so maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. You know, but still, I mean, is that... Maybe I just wasn't in the mi- in the mood for a mind fuck movie and the, you know and that's what this and was that, and because <clears throat> I, there were I, there were just too many things as i'm watching and maybe i'm jaded from watching movies but there were too many opportunities where i'm like okay this is where the dream part starts like when he when he when he fell off the uh, porch yeah i'm like the, okay so is this now where the is this now where all the fake stuff is happening when he come out to this point um every time he falls asleep is this now where i just and and maybe that that's my well own and one thing that's very sketchy about this film and i will give this to you 
is the fact that this came out two years after uh, The Machinist. And I don't know when this one, when this movie was written, if it had been sitting on the shelf, and, it's, you know, and how The Machinist you know, fits into the whole scheme of things, or even if it does at all. Mm-hmm. But you're right. I mean, it's basically the same story. Well, the story's different, but the same resolution and the same uh, type of, uh, I guess, demons that are being dealt with. And I, I guess that's probably why this bothered me so much, because 10 minutes into it, I'm like, if this goes the same way The Machinist does, I'm going to be pissed I just spent an hour and a half watching it. You know, and the, it, it went exactly the like The thing it. Is, is, I saw The Machinist... Um, Probably fairly close after it came out. So, I mean, it, it was probably 2005. So, I mean, it's been a good four years. It, I think The Machines came out, what, what did we find out, 2004? 2005, so, I think. Was it? Okay, well, I probably saw it, you know, I mean, after it had come out and it was available on video and whatnot. But I, I saw it so long ago that I it wasn't in, it wasn't fresh in my mind. I, didn't, mm-hmm. I did not think about it. I mean, I remember the story, but even I cannot remember specifics. All I remember is Christian Bale lost, like, Freaking hundred pounds or something, and I do. just when I was buying all those movies, I yeah. bought that one. Oh, and you so did? I've just watched it recently. It's well, been within the last four months I've watched. Oh, really? So yeah, I guess that could be it too. By the way, uh, fact that you probably didn't know about this: George, who was in this movie, actually lost uh, two hundred pounds for this. It's just that he started out being four hundred and fifty pounds that he just looked normal. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Is that really what happened? Yes. No. Oh my god. No. 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 <laughs> No, but anyway, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't really know what else there is to say about this movie. I did, you know, I did enjoy it. I mean, we watched it uh, right before we started recording and uh, had good old Sam there. Oh, oh, this is, oh, oh watch this shit. <laughs> but, <laughs> I ruined it. But I, I still, apologize. no, but I still managed to enjoy it. I, I mean, I, I won't give it a, you know, I don't think it's a great, excellent movie. I will, I'll give it a red box, but that, you know. Just because I think it would be entertaining, especially if you haven't seen The Machinist. I think it's a decent idea. Well, I, I, yeah, The Machinist kind of screws this movie, doesn't it? It does bad. <laughs> and I give it an AMC only for that reason. It's just, you know, I, I applaud them for trying to take a good idea and, and filming it as an independent film and not throwing a whole bunch of money at it. But I just it just pissed me off. And I, I don't usually get that way. I'm like, hey, you know, I'm going to watch this movie and mm-hmm. it's going to be great and I'm going to enjoy it. Especially when, I, when I'm watching the first one for our episode. Right. I always love the first one. <laughs> you know, really? when, I, and when I'm trying to cram movies in, then I'm like, oh, shit. You yeah. know, maybe I, maybe I got to be objective. <laughs> right. I watched this one first and it pissed me off. Really? And that's why I just, anyways. I would be very interested to hear other people that have seen this movie. Call in and let me know what you think because, again... Yeah, Vaughn, why don't you call in yeah. and give us give us your take on it? Because yeah, because you recommended it. He yeah. recommended it, so he probably liked it. I mean, well, I'd like to hear And you go on IMDb, and, I mean, number one, I got a 6.2. But number two, there are people out there uh, in, you know, what are they called? Like the message boards and whatnot. They they were, they, I mean, obviously they're the ones that hated it. But uh, there were a lot of people who seemed to enjoy this movie. Hmm. So, yeah, you know? I'm, I am probably definitely in the minority. If it got over a five, I'm... On IMDb, I'm definitely in the minority. So, couple of funny notes. Um, first of all, uh, I guess just one funny note: the um, the guy who lived across the street did an excellent job with being on screen for less than one minute of being the biggest asshole in the world. <laughs> he was on screen for less than a minute, and I hated his guts. That's oh, all. Yeah. That's all. You did a great job. Nice job, dude. All right, I got a couple things. The memory count was zero in this. 
Unless you count George's, which <laughs> I'm not going to. Uh, what did I learn? Apple pie really pisses chicks off for some reason. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And the other name for this is the machinist. We already talked about good that. Good one. All right, so who else said that? Now they're going to come after you because you went and touched it. <laughs> that was Nick Lachey to Tony Romo by Jessica Simpson's Crabs. <laughs> oh, yuck. <laughs> and a six degrees, Robert Weiler was in Old Enough with Danny Aiello. Aiello? Aiello? I know how to say that in my head. Why can it not come out? It's because he's Canadian. All right, we'll move on. He was in Jacob's Ladder with Tim Robbins, who was in uh, Jungle Fever with Ossie Davis, who was in Bubba Hotep with Bruce Campbell. Ossie Davis was in Jungle Fever? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he was a chick. Wasn't Janet Jackson in that? Oh, that was Poetic Justice. I'm not very... <laughs> Who was it? Was it the girl from Dirty Dancing? I, I don't I've know. never seen that show. I don't know. Spike Lee? Spike, I've never seen your movies. Until Spike wears a jazz hat, yeah. I will not watch any of his yeah, shit. Yeah, Spike Lee. This tribute goes out to all you lucky souls who have been abducted by aliens. Hard liquor, plus extra time, plus a love of things shoved up your ass, equals an abduction experience to share with the masses. We love you because you have named your two gerbils, Mulder and Scully, and aren't afraid to share your story with complete strangers. We know that they are coming back for you, just as soon as you get that special mix of Jack Daniels and carbon monoxide poisoning coursing through your body. Because, oh freak of the flying saucers, the only little green men you need to worry about are the boogers hanging out of your nose. We love your close encounters of the third kind ringtone, your E.T. bumper sticker, and the spare suitcase you keep that has Spock's picture, your teddy bear, and a picture of your mom for when they come back. Just know that we aren't laughing at you. (laughs) Actually, we are. If you are a fat, toothless, Jerry Springer-watching trailer queen waiting for Starman, this tribute is for you. We salute you for hoping to be alien guinea pigs and fantasizing about little gray men with big eyes groping your body. Would say we feel sorry for you, but it's probably the best action you're ever going to get. We are back. 
I love saying that. Yeah. Uh, the next movie that we will be talking about today is uh, Splinter, which came out in 2008. I think I'm going to like camping. She looks not right. Well, what do you want to do? Turn it off. Get in the car. Pull over. Hello? Hello? Oh, sorry, I didn't... Kill me. Get inside! What was that? Move away from the glass. They tracks us somehow. We gotta get out of this gas station. Wait, wait. Stopped. I think it's gone. Drop the gun. You're under arrest. Get in your car. There's something out there. Run! Watch the splinter. The one stick you. Here. It's gonna get in you! It's gonna get it! You okay? Don't touch it! Uh, it was directed by Toby Wilkins, written by Kai Berry. Uh, that sounds like a flavor of uh, Mountain Dew that's coming out this summer. And uh, Ian Shore. <laughs> Thanks for the fake laugh, by the that way. That was real. No. That was all real. I thought that was a courtesy laugh. Nope. Oh, then I'm going to no. waste If you. I courtesy laugh, I have to grab myself to make myself make that noise. Oh, really? Yep. I'm going to try My to hands it. are below the table right now, but they are away. I can see them, though. Yep, That's a yep, problem. Yep, they're away. That's a problem. Damn mm. it. Uh, IMDb gave it a 6.3. Shay Wingham, Wiggum played Dennis Farrell. Paulo Costanzo played Self Belzer. Jill Wagner play, played Polly Watt. And uh, Rachel Kerbs, Lacey Belial. God, I, why, these are some weird names. Belial. B-E-L-I-S-L-E. Spelled differently than... Uh, plus, she didn't play like Tumor. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that's freaking why we haven't done Street Trash yet. Yeah. Because the last one he did, we had to watch three freaking Tumor movies. That was awesome. <laughs> you know, I'd actually like to do it. I, you know, I, We I, should do it. Isn't that to... Street Trash and Gutter Balls? Wasn't that what we were going to do? Mm, I don't want to do Gutter Balls. I mean, uh, I do want to do gutter balls, but I don't want to do street trash and gutter balls right. in the same episode. Well, would we do a trauma? We'll worry about it later. Maybe, maybe. Well, that, the gutter balls is not a trauma, and neither. No, I know, but I'm just saying we'd throw a trauma in there because isn't oh, it in the same type of vein? Yeah, absolutely. But maybe we should do a sports-related horror movie with gutter balls. I like it. <laughs> I can't think of any other ones except for like pocket pool. I mean, Pawnee pool. Just teasing. You don't. You didn't even know that was a movie. I'm cutting that joke up. All right. Um, synopsis. Trapped in an isolated gas station by a voracious splinter parasite that transforms its still-living victim into deadly hosts, a young couple and an escaped convict must find a way to work together to survive this primal terror. Um, quick note. Splinter won six awards at the Screenfest Horror Film Festival. Best editing, best score, best special effects, best makeup, best directing, and best picture. <clears throat> it was almost... Uh, Splinter was actually a nominee for the best horror film at the 35th Annual Saturn Awards, but it lost to Hellboy 2, which, you know, that's not too shabby. Hellboy 2 was a big deal. Hellboy 2 is not a horror movie. Mm, 
uh, you know what? That's debatable. And I, but uh, uh, it's. I think. I think. Uh, you know, just like we have action horror or horror comedy, that was a fantasy horror. You know? All right. All right. Don't give me that look, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I just. I'm just kidding. So, what'd you think? I, I liked this movie. Um, I really liked how it started out. Yeah. Like you have the words coming up, and then it'll flash back to a guy for like five seconds as he's walking up. He's saying, "I don't have any f- food to feed you with," or whatever. And then he finds the thing in the bush, and the thing attacks oh, the oh, crap right. out of him. But you know what's coming, and it builds this tension as the words come up, and then it flashes back to him. You're like this cannot end good. Oh no! And then the thing just chews him. I'm like, this movie is going to kick so much ass. You know, I watched this today actually at work on my quote unquote lunch break, which actually it. extended for because we went out to lunch. Got back and then i watched the movie sweet dude so i had an extended lunch break but uh it was hard for me to watch this without laughing without gasping and just i had a big grin on my damn face the whole time um first of all i, I do want to say that uh julie wagner is not ugly she's the host of wipeout and you know what else she was in she was in uh the uh blade tv series i guess oh, i think really? they came out with uh, I know they came out with a movie. I don't know exactly. I have I I have it, but I haven't watched it yet. Basically, it's called Blade: The House of Cthon, huh? Uh, or something similar to that. But yeah, I uh, saw she's her, in that too. I saw her on the. Uh, I'm like, I know that girl from somewhere. So I got on and yeah, it said that Wipeout. she's on Wipeout. I'm like, oh yeah, that's the girl that every time that I that I'm watching her on Wipeout, I wish that somebody would splash her shirt. <laughs> <laughs> so I was happy yeah. that she's in a movie, and I really was hoping for some. <laughs> But it didn't happen. That's chauvinistic. No, it's not. Okay, maybe a little bit, but <laughs> well, okay. So let's 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 break this story down a bit. You know, to be honest with you, there's really not a hell of a lot to it. You know, high level. Basically, they're this couple, Julie Wagner and some dweeb. It's Jill Wagner. Did I say who? Oh, Julie? Yeah, you said Julie, but it's Jill Wagner. Maybe I'm. I won't even go there. So we have Jill Wagner and this nerdy guy trying to go camp, and it's it's obvious that this guy is uh, an intellectual. He's going for his doctorate, and he's he's not into camping. Um, and Julie Wagner, Jill, damn it, Jill Wagner is uh, the outdoors type. And I mean, you know, I believe it because she's pretty athletic looking. Oh yeah, you know, don't don't like she could wipe me out. <sighs> You look so intense when you said, "Oh yeah," but um, <laughs> notice my hands are not in sight. Uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Damn it! So they, they, I mean, it's very simple. They start to, uh, you know, they have the banner back and forth, and you know, they are both likable characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, even the dweeb guy, I, I really mm-hmm. liked him. They break their tent when they were setting it up, so they're like, "Yeah, we'll go stay in a motel." So as they're driving down, they see what? What was it? They were a broken down uh, vehicle. And uh, here are escaped convicts. Well, the one guy is. I don't, and I'm not, I'm not sure exactly which if she'd been in jail or whatnot. I assume that he just picked her up, and uh, they take them hostage and start driving down the road. Well, they run into one of the freakiest ass monsters that I have seen yeah. in a movie in a long time, and it wasn't actually a monster. Uh, basically, what it was was kind of a parasite, and they describe it as such. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, let's describe this thing for a while. It is, you know what? I just had some pop in my head. What? Remember the scene in the thing? Yeah, that's what it was. I mean, that's it, exactly where what it where was. what what was it? Where it took over that guy and his head was on backwards and it was all crackling yeah. around. Right. This was an excellent uh, monster makeup special effects scene, and this had to be a lot of CGI. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, it looked 
it was so frightening. Well, just the way that it moved, like the bones cracking, going the wrong way, it oh, made yeah, the, you. It really made you wince or just kind of. It just oh, really absolutely. was. It oh, was and, effective, and they use sound very oh, well. Yeah. When uh, you, you know, basically, what happens is is the, these two couples end up at a uh, uh, convenience store gas station, and uh, they basically hold up there throughout the movie, and uh, you know, it's just kind of a. It becomes kind of a survival thing from then. Uh, reminded me a little bit of, of the mist, except for um, it was just these four people, and you know, things come out, facts about people's lives. Uh, we end up finding out that the convict isn't so damn bad as, as you know, we thought. And you know what the thing is, is I, it, I thought to myself, you know what, does that bother me? Because here's this convict trying to gain, uh, absolution for what, you know, what he's done in the past. And it's like, that didn't bother me because this, this movie was so damn mm-hmm. fun, mm-hmm. you know? And it was actually pretty good to, to, um, to actually, uh, be able to watch him and not hate his guts. Cause he played a pretty good yeah. redneck criminal type of Type of guy. Yeah, he's hardened, but at the same time, you know, I think if you if you criminals are not bad all the time, you know, they're probably good people most sometimes. Listen, I'm not going to stick up. <laughs> what the? I listen. I'm not going to. I just I okay. just don't want to make that bold statement. Okay. Okay. What about that guy in Les Mis? Okay, he just wanted a bread to feed himself. That's right, dude. Okay. See? What about the Count of Monte Cristo? He just wanted revenge. Well, he actually didn't want revenge till after they wrongly accused him. But uh, way to go, you literary genius. Yeah, I'm so smart. Sorry. No. <laughs> Anyways, um, but when we get into the when we get into the uh, the gas station and they are holed up in there, that's when like the freakiest stuff happens because mm-hmm. we find out that there earlier in the day before they got there that a, that a gas station attendant had already been taken over by this parasite, and a little bit later on in the movie. I don't know how much we should spoil. We don't want to spoil too much. But uh, well, the thing is, is I don't know if I mean the story. Like I said, simple. We we won't. Right. We right. won't. But there's no like big twist ending, right. and there's no you know uh, deep storyline or anything. No, like they that. just have this to. This is mostly just, just to, fun as hell. Well, they just have to kind of uncover how the thing operates no, and, and then and how to true. defeat it. That, but that happens along the way, which is fine. Uh, exactly. Uh, but there's also a cop that shows up and uh, is taken over by this parasite. That's awesome. So basically, all it is 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 there is just a you know a few host bodies mm-hmm. where you know they get taken over and then we get to see them kind of transform into uh, ba- into just being completely taken over by this parasite. The parasite is extra creepy because it has all these quills, mm-hmm. splinter. You know, mm-hmm. obviously the the title of the movie. It was, I mean. It was just very. There's a scene in there <laughs> that when this this body gets taken over and comes up to the window and just slams oh, his yeah. face into the window over and over and over. Again. Oh yeah, that was so brutal. And just the way that the thing moves, I, I you know a lot of credit to these guys absolutely for coming up with something really creepy and disgusting. And, and just very effective to just make you. Do you know what my favorite scene of the movie was? Is it gets into one of our one of our uh, main characters gets uh, you know just poked by one of the splinters in mm-hmm. his his uh, thumb, mm-hmm. and it slowly takes over, and it basically almost almost uh, Army of Dark era Evil Deadish. Oh yeah, it gets into his hand, and then it went bad. 
you know and and the bones breaking so you oh. see his hand and it's it's starting to move like just all freaky and then his his uh, fingers start bending backwards and the movement is just so weird looking yeah. and it's just so harsh and violent and then finally his, it gets up all the way up his arm and his arm bends all the way backwards and they ended up having to amputate it in one of the most disturbing scenes in the movie excellent yeah, yeah. um I, you know, there's really not much more to it as far as the story goes. There's, I mean, there's also a part where a hand gets loose, and uh, it's kind of like a crazy, uh, what is it, it from the Adams? Yeah, or, exactly. Or, no, no, thing, 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 thing from the Adams family takes over. Kind of again reminded me of the Evil Dead when he lopped yeah. off his hand and his hand kind of tried to kick his ass. Same type of deal. Um, difference between this movie and the first movie is the movie that uh, this one ripped off didn't completely ruin this movie. That's right. It ripped off Slither. No, I, I think thing. it ripped, it ripped off, off the thing. Well, the thing is, I think it. I think it had a, a lot of uh, maybe, let's say, an homage to the Evil Dead series, the thing. And I can see Slither because it was. I mean, there was kind of funny, fun, uh, you know, escaping the, the mm-hmm. big monster, you know, taking over bodies type I, of. Thing. I, I, yeah, I liked it. it. I didn't feel like it was ripping stuff off. I was just like, no, oh, I didn't sweet. either. Plus, they used the same Wagner? ideas. Yeah, give me wow. a freaking break. I would like to see her thing. Anyways, <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I really like this movie. I, I would give this movie um, a buy. I give it a buy. I give it a high buy. Um, now, maybe we should – I wish I had a little bit more time to prepare for this episode because I would be interested in uh, finding out – the exactly if this came out on sci-fi first mm. uh because i remember this coming out in sci-fi a long time ago and i don't think 2008 this, well uh, i'm sorry i'm sorry not that long ago okay but on tv okay. but what i'm saying what what i meant to say was um it i bet you it was on tv um it, it shortly after its festival run you know, I don't know. I know that there are a lot of movies that do that. For instance, uh, Bruce Campbell's Man with the Screaming Brain. Hmm. They showed it on. Uh, they showed it on uh, the Sci-Fi Channel. You know, right after he did his tour. To you know, he he basically you know toured wherever to show it in art houses and whatnot. And then they just threw it on the Sci-Fi Channel. By the way, I I didn't mind that movie. I just watched that was on my iPod. I, oh, the I the Man it. with the Screaming yeah, Brain. I didn't mind. Didn't it give you a headache? No. It gave me a little bit of a headache. Really? But. Uh, I don't know why, but nah, but yeah. I li- I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, of course, uh, that was the time when I was uh, within ten feet of Bruce. Oh, that's right. And me and my wife, and I was too scared to ask him a question because I'm a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, you got anything else? Oh yeah, I do. So the memory count was zero. What did I learn? Joe Wagner's the host of Wipeout. Wow, oh, I and really she is just banging. Move this stuff. Uh, I also, what happens when a sick bastard has sex with a porcupine? <laughs> And everything you need to survive is at a gas station. They had everything. They did have everything. Um, in its defense, this was a gas station slash convenience store. Oh, okay. 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 And then I don't have a who else said that. However, I have a really funny line that I started laughing out loud. <laughs> it's when they were getting ready to amputate the guy's arm. Uh-huh. And, like, it's a really intense scene because his hand is going oh, to yeah. freak out. Uh-huh. And she's and Jill Wagner is honestly trying to calm him down. Uh-huh. Honestly, trying to calm him down, not being funny. And she says, "It's okay. We're cutting your arm off." <laughs> that's not okay. And I just started laughing because I was like, "That's just a funny line to be saying at somebody." That's so. so much better. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. You know, I you know, it didn't seem like we spent much time on this. I don't really think that uh, there were a lot of underlying. Uh, 
topics or or uh, you know some kind of a social. Maybe there was There's a no little agenda. bit of social commentary as far as is what you were saying that uh, you know some criminals have, but I, I don't think so. I think that that the that the writers and the director were just like you know what here is this movie. Mm-hmm. We are we're not going to try to make it more than it is, but what we're going to do is we're going to take what it is and make it kick ass. Yes. And I think it did. I think oh, it I did agree. a great job I at agree. that. It did what it did well. Mm-hmm. I that's agree. It. You know, that, that's all i got to say. All right, so the six degrees is Paolo Costanzo is in 40 Days and 40 Nights with Josh Hartnett, who is in Sin City with Bruce Willis, in Planet Terror with Danny Trejo, and fi- uh, from Dust Till Dawn 2 with Bruce Campbell. Dust Till Dawn 2, one of Sam's newly discovered favorite movies. Well, the six degrees from Grace is going right through that movie as well. Really? Oh, yeah. I tried to do all three, but I couldn't get from head trauma. That was You know, difficult. I'm actually surprised you got head trauma. Yeah, that was I'm glad you man. did. Awesome. Link established. Hey y'all, Nick Pierce here. If you love zombies, comic books, horror, science fiction, or video games, then you'll love a Little Dead podcast. Each week I watch movies, read some comic books, play some video games, and then I tell you all about them. I'll even tell you if you should buy them, borrow them, or not even bother with them. I'll also take a run to the comic shop and then tell you what I've bought and what's worth reading. A Little Dead Podcast, the place for short and to-the-point reviews and commentaries on science fiction, horror and zombie movies, video games, and comic books. You can subscribe at alittledead.mypodcast.com or on iTunes. You can join our forums at alittledead.multiply.com. A Little Dead Podcast, the place for full frontal nerdity. Everybody and everybody clap your hand. We lambda, 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 and Omega Moon. Right back for our third and final independent movie that we're going to be discussing today. Um, the um, do, you, do you have anything to say to the folks before we get into our last one? I, you know, I have a question. I I want to throw out there. Um, does anybody know who the Queen of Canada is? I, I'm not sure. I, I just wanted to know. I think it's Alanis. Is it Alanis Morrison? Yeah, that so. makes you know that makes sense. I An angry, so. ornery. I like to walk around naked, even though I'm ugly. 
person. Wow! She likes to walk around naked? You didn't see that video? I don't know. Her long hair covered her breasts? I wasn't that big of a Lannis fan. You know what's funny is I, I did buy that first album when I it came too. out. I did too. But then after a while, I was like, what in the hell? Yeah. Why am I listening to angry women speak? Why am I listening to that? That's just, that. I mean, Every that's scary. song is about how bad she hates my penis. That's right. She was going to go down on me in the theater, and now she's going to stalk me. And hate uh, my guts, dude. Is that some kind of a reference? Because I don't get it. In one of the songs, I would go down on you in a theater. Or will she go down on you in a Re- theater? Really? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> brutal. I'm out of it. You know what? I've kind of given up on uh, pop music, music as a whole. Yeah, I'm not a big. I'm not a big fan of that stuff. Although that reminds me of a nice fun trick to to do no. when you poke a hole in the bottom of the popcorn bucket and you. You know, you put your unit up up through there, and then uh, you hope that uh, they just kind of cop a fill. I think I did that with you once. <laughs> Do you remember that? Like, that was pretty solid. Like, we, dude, dude, have some popcorn. Okay, hand it over. No, you have to get it. It's, oh, okay. It's, it's going to spill on my left. Wait, the best stuff's on the bottom, dude. <laughs> I just thought we'd throw a nostalgic story out because we've been Speaking doing that Speaking of lately. a nostalgic story, yeah. guess what Guess what? Sam and I, I don't know how many people, did we talk about this on the podcast where we talked about how we saw the ghost we did, of we Ogden talk, Cemetery? We talked about that on the Exorcist episode, like our third like episode, nine, I think. Was it? it was Who really. Knows? So, okay, so this last, I took my family up to a place in Ogden and just which is where the cemetery is we rarely get up there because mm-hmm. what it's probably an hour and some from my house um we went up there and we passed the graveyard and so i'm like hey sweet let's let's go and tell this i'll, I'll show my kids the story it's gonna be hilarious so we went up there and checked it out well right before we started recording sam decided to pull it up on uh uh youtube and sure enough there were videos all about well and the you know- ogden cemetery ghost and flow and you know what's freaky about that? Is Flo's it, a girl's I, name. Yeah, she's a ghost <laughs> name. I, I haven't seen, I, I didn't, I haven't researched it. I haven't looked anything about it. We talked about it on that podcast, uh-huh. and we, we described it. You can even go back and listen to it, how we described it. But you get on there, and the people that tell their stories, and like some of them caught things on their phones, they're describing the exact same thing that we saw, and that is freaky to me. So there's one person out there putting the same scam out for everybody. That's right. <laughs> I don't know how that works, and it's it's what nineteen years later, or no, no, 17, what the? 17 years We're later, or something. Free. Oh my gosh, we are old. <laughs> but anyways, I you know pretty pretty freaky stuff. Anyway, let's All get right. into this last movie. Um, title is uh, Grace, year two thousand nine, written and directed by Paul Soleil. We got pregnant twice before she came. accident she told us that she was going to carry the baby to term the baby's dead she'll deliver on her own in three weeks stay you can't will a baby back to them what her name is grace Stars in heaven have tucked in the sun. (laughs) 
That baby is sick. Please, we need to eat something. <gasps> Raising my granddaughter. Grace! You don't understand. She needs special food. Please! IMDb gave this a 6.1, which is kind of shocking. I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, it's still a fairly uh, respectable score. However, it uh, for it to get below Splinter and Head Trauma is is kind of tough. That That is. This is one of those, this is a heavier movie to deal with. And, that, and that's true. But it shouldn't have got lower than those two. Well, apparently a do? lot of people disagree. Yeah. Uh, Jordan Ladd played Madeline Matheson. Stephen Park played Michael Matheson. Gabriel Rose played Vivian Matheson. Uh, Serge Howd played Henry Matheson. That old dude's name was Serge? That's a kick-ass name for an old dude, especially. And uh, Samantha Ferris played Patrick Lane. Synopsis. Madeline Matheson is eight months pregnant and determined to deliver her unborn child, Grace, naturally. When an accident leaves Grace dead inside her... Madeline insists on carrying the baby's corpse to term. Weeks later, when Madeline delivers, the baby miraculously returns to life with an appetite. <laughs> <laughs> now, something that's pretty interesting about this movie is um, in 2006, Paul Soleil actually created this as a short. Um, oh, really? It was starring Brian Austin Green. Your favorite? Are you serious? It starred the bag. Nice, dude. And uh, I can't. Uh, it also starred Lisa Will, but I don't know who that is. Uh, and it generated such positive uh, reviews that uh, he decided to make a full feature-length film out of it. Which uh, trying to see bag in this would be tough for me. He's just way too handsome for any of this crap. Okay, if you don't know who bag is, nothing. <laughs> um, so what did you think? I've got it. I'll I'll make an admission here on this movie. I watched this, and there is a scene, you know, towards the beginning of the movie where she gives birth, and it's a stillborn baby. Right. And they show the baby. Yeah. I almost. I th- I thought about actually saying I'm not going to review this movie. Really. And and I'm being dead serious. I that was so. It just it just struck me so horribly about how we have some we have a next door neighbor that lost their baby at thirty nine weeks. Really? And and What's it just term forty one or something? Forty. Is it oh and, really? and it just it really hit me. I'm like, I cannot believe that I'm I, I even to make fun of something like that, I just it really hit me hard. Well I don't think they were making no, fun of it. No, and they weren't. And they weren't, but for me to come back and you know, we kinda of lighthearted with a bunch of this stuff. You and, are and we, I'm always completely oh, serious. Oh, oh my bad, my bad. 
But I just, it just really, it wasn't like it was implied. They showed the dead baby and her cuddling with it, and it looked so real. You know, it did look it, real. It just disturbed me a lot. I almost, it I was like. It looked just like a newborn baby, except yeah. for all my kids have had, like, oblong-shaped heads and stuff. <laughs> but still, but this it, looked it, real. It, it real, Like a real dead child. Yes. And just the way it laid there, and, like, when she was holding it and the ear moved. Uh-huh. I'm like, is that, did they really grab, like, a. No, absolutely. No, no. And I'm sure they didn't, but oh. I was like, I just kept watching. I'm like, I'm only going to give this a couple more minutes, and then I'm just going to have to say, I can't. I can't you know, do and, it. and I had, it, this was, I mean, I never thought, I, I mean, I never really said, oh, I'm not going to review this or anything like yeah. that. But when that happened, I think that was, that was very, it hit me very hard uh-huh. because of the reality of it. I've never seen a baby being born in a pool, you know, in a giant bathtub, which is what it is. So, I mean, mm-hmm. there were subtle differences, but I assume the, the, the differences uh, were only there because of the different circumstances of the birth. You know, meaning it was a little cleaner, you mm-hmm. know, than, than a real baby and whatnot. But, but you're right. I mean, this was real to the point of being scary. Yeah, and, and I didn't know. I, like I, I always say, I don't read anything about these movies if I don't know anything about it. Right. And so I had assumed... I mean, I didn't know what was going on, but pretty quick after, like when she had the stillbirth, I'm like, is she going to take that thing home? And so the rest of the movie is her going to be like loving this oh, right. baby. And so then when it, when it kind of came back to life, I was like, that is bizarre. And so I could kind of see the way the movie was going. Mm-hmm. So I got past it and I was able to, to continue on. But man, I'll tell you what, this, it, it was well, brutal. Well, well, let, let's, let's start off with this though. That was not the first moment of this, no. of this movie where where it got so real that it was scary. I mean, okay, so th- I mean there's a quick cut scene in the beginning that uh you know has her I I, I don't even really know exactly how that fits into the rest of the movie. Uh, do you remember where she was in like a, a shower and you could see the bat her her back and she Yeah, was, I didn't know what that was. Yeah, I, I don't know how don't know. that ended up relating to the rest of the movie. Uh however, I hope that's not like some secret that if we would have picked up on the home movie would have meant something different, <laughs> but I missed it. Um, anyway, so basically here is this girl, you know, and it's their first kid, and this couple, and um, uh, she's pregnant. And she's doing what she thinks is right for this kid. You know, I mean, first of all, she's a vegan, which is fine, but uh, she watches these like these animal cruelty videos yeah. on in the background where they're just slaughtering cows and all this stuff. And uh, so, some uh, vegan right now is going, you know what? That's real. That's really how they do it. That's, that's, <laughs> if, you, if you don't like it, then don't eat meat. <laughs> you know, fine, okay, I'll quit eating meat. Right. Yeah. But, um, but you know, but, but basically uh, the, first, the first part of the movie that really stands out for me is when they go to visit the husband's parents. Now, mm-hmm. now the parents are, are, are. I'm sorry. I should have gone a little bit more into uh, her background. She, she, you know, she's a vegan. She, um, she's planning on having this baby at a midwife's clinic, where the midwife happens to be a medical doctor, but um, it's it's more of a of, of an area with um, uh, what would you call it? Like more. It, it, I don't want to say new age, but it, but it's kind of um, holistic type yeah. of medicine and. Um, uh, you know, ho- uh, homeopathy, or is that how you say it? Homeopathy. Yeah. I don't mm-hmm. know. But uh, basically, um, she actually interned with this woman in her uh, in her practice for. Oh, for quite I missed a while. that. Okay. Yeah, she did. I, I knew that they, because later on in the movie they had had a relationship, right? But I didn't catch 
I didn't catch what. Yeah, she that she was okay. the in, she was the intern, and they actually okay. had a romantic relationship. But um, but anyway, so she, you know, so so that that's basically where she's coming from. She takes it to this that they go to this dinner with um, with his parents, and these parents in law are kind of intolerable. The dude's okay. The yeah, dude's just kind of sitting there. there again, you know, just kind of filling a filling a chair. There's some pretty wild, well, not wild, but pretty like eye-opening scenes later on. He's involved. But uh, I think it has a lot to do with menopause. By the way, gosh dang, if we did not pick two, if we didn't have two episodes in a row where they talked about a lot of women's issues that made me feel uncomfortable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Uh, well, they go to this, and, and this sets the stage. This is why I'm kind of going into a little bit more detail. This sets the stage for the whole thing. Uh, they show up. The, the, the mother-in-law is a judge, and she basically starts off the whole conversation. Uh, well, we, we, enter, we enter the conversation. She's talking about how um, some woman brought her baby in, and she was being charged with uh, child neglect or, or some kind of something similar to that. And basically what, what she'd been doing is just feeding her baby wheatgrass. Is that what it's called? Wheatgrass? Yeah, wheat, wheat, wheat grass? grass or wheat germ or wheatgrass yeah, I don't something. Know. Wheatgrass. And, and basically the baby was malnutritioned. It was malnourished. Mal- <laughs> Mine. It was malnourished. It was funny because her opinion comes out because uh, she said something like, you know what, it's lucky that was a jury trial because I would have sent her ass to jail or something like that. <laughs> so, so here is a, a mother-in-law knowing that this girl is a, you know, is a uh, vegan. Uh, the dinner that they had was completely vegetables, you know, and, uh, you know, pasta, things like that. With some proteins of some sort, they argued yeah, about Yeah, it that. wasn't tofu. It was something right. similar. But the, <clears throat> excuse me, but the thing is, is, you could tell that this mother-in-law was purposefully insulting this woman and because I think uh, the the uh, the mother-in-law had suggested that uh, this girl go to her doctor, and she wouldn't do it because she's going to see this uh, um, midwife, you know. And so so you can you can tell that there's a big clash there. Now let me ask you some about that scene specifically. When they were eating, you know, when they were uh, you know discussing things, did it seem to you like every you could hear every single noise yes like they were they were there was one part where the mother-in-law made the father-in-law split apart mm-hmm. you know two things of food and you could hear yep it was hear very the, loud the yeah. nasty like somebody smacking their lips while they're eating exactly food. Yeah. and when they were pouring the water yeah. you know when they were doing the the sound was very pronounced and i think what it was meant to do was kind of make because that's it was kind of gross you know it was kind of tried to make her i don't, I don't know if it was like to, to make her uh, feel you know for us to like side with the mother-in-law because I don't think it could have been that because this mother-in-law was a bitch. Yeah, it, it just I think it just kind of was to heighten our senses, you know, because this movie did this the whole time. It seemed like our senses were a little bit heightened, so everything affected us just a little bit more than it, than it probably would have otherwise. On the way home from this, no, no, they go home. Um. The you know they're just discussing this you know the next day at dinner or whatever they the the mother what what's her name in the movie again Vivian Viv, no 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 uh, Madeline no oh oh which one are you talking I'm about? talking Maddie. about the pregnant oh Maddie the pregnant one. that's okay. Maddie so Ma- Maddie she starts feeling some chest pain they take her into the hospital where 
this this uh, the mother-in-law's doctor is there treating her, saying, you know, we need to induce right now. We need to do this. Well, what what had happened was is they went to the doctor, and right before she started having chest pains, the mother-in-law called. Oh, right. So she was talking to the son, and he's like, and so she had oh, the chest pains, right. and he's like, I gotta go. Don't call. The doctor. Right, exactly. But that's exactly what she did. She called their family doctor, and he shows up and trumps the doctor. Well, he tries to take over. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is in a kind of a a show of aggression, the midwife shows up and says, you know what? You could be completely wrong. Uh, If you induce her now, you could be putting everyone in danger. But, but of course, this guy is one of the most arrogant asses, you know. Are all doctors like this? I I think I know a few. Oh, yeah. All the ones in Canada are. The kid, do, do Canadians have doctors? They do. It's socialized medicine. So well, I, I think it's like uh, construction workers that happen. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Anyway, so so basically, um, this midwife comes in and makes the right, uh, you know, makes the right call, and everything's saved, and you know that built up but, credibility. Hold on a second. Okay. Did she make the right call? Ooh, you know what? Here's the deal. You know that's a great point. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, if they wouldn't have done that, if they would have done what they were supposed, like what they thought, uh-huh. then that, we would the movie would have ended. That's true. Um, however, I don't think that it died right after there. I think that was a coincidence. Meaning that you're right. If they would have had the baby early, the baby would have lived. However, you know, I don't think that uh, the I you know I don't know. Maybe no, I'm right. just I'm just saying the baby would have lived, and no, the other events wouldn't have happened on the way home when they got in the car accident. And that's true. The, that's and that's when. Yep. So because anyway. the baby, but the thing is, is you're uh, you're right as far as the uh, the galactic scheme of things, yeah. you know, uh, is is uh, is concerned. You're right. If they would have if they would have had the baby then and there, then you're right. This movie would have been so damn boring. But uh, since you know, since she saved the baby, she did medically. The right thing. Yes, it was a gallstone. Yep. Uh, so basically, as they're driving home, they get into an accident, and uh, two out of the three people die: the husband and Grace. Which was I'm working on my creepy voice, and it, it really works well for a soprano. my creepy voice. Yeah, for a soprano, that's Kick pretty you good. Just <laughs> but no, but uh, that and that's where you get into the first disturbing scene. Yes, is her sitting. Mm-hmm. By the car, squatting down by the car as the person comes up to yeah, like say, a, "Are like you a okay?" Good Samaritan, right? Or he's stopped and he's like, "Oh my gosh, you okay?" It pans out from the husband who is eyes open, blood everywhere. You dead. know he's dead. And they go over to her and she's bleeding out of her pants, like, right. and and she's like, I, "She's not moving. I think she's hurt." Or I think she's dead. And you're just like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding? We just went through that scene, that stressful right. scene of making the right decision. And on the way home, this happens. And that's when I was like, oh, crap, if the midwife would have just taken the baby, no matter right. what happened. Yeah, and, and, yeah, but, I mean, obviously she made the right decision. No, I know. And, yeah, yeah. But, okay, so now this next part was the only thing in the movie that, that kind of confused me. Now, why did she wait to go to term? With this uh, dead baby in you know in her womb, you know I wondered about that too, and they really didn't get into. I, I wondered if she had is been that doing... normal? I mean, I don't know. I and that's the thing. I don't have enough. I mean, I, I've had three kids, but uh, I, I think I don't. Was... I don't know everything about you know this type of thing. Thank freaking goodness! By I, the way, I think she was holding out hope that a miracle would happen. 
But I was more interested to see what caused the miracle to happen. Like if she had been researching some satanic stuff or I just, I didn't know. And, and obviously there's time that's gone by because you don't, they don't show a funeral right. for the husband. You know, that's just kind of scattered memories in between Vivian, the mother-in-law missing her son and, <clears throat> and um, Maddie visiting the midwife. And, right. and there's some things going on there. You just know the time is now passing. Right. So I don't know what happened in between there. I, I don't, I don't, I don't either, know. I don't well, know. And, and then, you know, when, when the birth finally happens, it's probably one of the most heartbreaking scenes of any movie oh, I have ever seen. Yeah. Because here she is. She's going through what looks like regular labor. You know, I mean, she, you know, they're, they're doing the whole push. You know, she's obviously feeling the pain. Um, the baby comes out and it's dead. And just like Sam was saying before, it was, uh, it's graphic. It is. Yeah. Well, you know, and and the heartbreaking thing is the, the, the most heartbreaking thing is to me was the fact that, okay, so they pull out this baby and the Maddie wants to embrace this baby, you know, wants to, you know, can't accept that what's happened. So the midwife says, you know, to to the attending nurses, uh, you know, get suction in there, yeah. even though it's not necessary because they all know the baby's dead. They do the suction, and all that comes out is a black goo. Yeah, you know, and and here I am, and you know, being through this with my wife, it is an emotional is. time, you know, and so when, when you know you see that, it was it was. It was really intense. It, it was it was gut wrenching. That, like I said, that whole scene, I I almost turned it off, and I've never done that. Yeah. And just the feeling, like I don't know, I can't I can't go on and talk about this movie. Well, but the rest of it just goes on. Thank goodness, because yeah, I'll yeah, tell you exactly. what: if, if the rest of this movie was as heart wrenching as that, I wouldn't have been able to. If take the it. rest of this movie was what I thought it was going to be, which was she can't let go, so she's going to just hold this dead baby the whole time. Right. And people are going to try and take it away from her. Right. If I if it was going to be that. I, I wouldn't. Have, I couldn't have done it. You know what? And uh, no, I. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But yeah, that would have been pretty bad. Well, basically, so at the end of all this, she just the the nurses and the midwife gives her, you know, gives Maddie a moment to, you know, embrace the child, and she starts, you know, she she uh, starts to did, did she like take it down to nurse it? Yep. And uh, you know, she's speaking to it, and uh, they go, you know, the the midwife goes up into her office, and she hears. Maddie say, you know, come back or, you know, something similar like that. And right as she was going down to tell her that you cannot will a baby back to life, sure enough, baby Grace is alive. But, and that's kind of where I wondered what had happened before because Maddie did not look surprised. No. She did not look surprised at all that that baby came back to life. You know, and and that's true, but... I think that there's a, and I think this is why this is such a big, intense scene, that there's a connection between a mother and Mm. a a newborn baby where it's almost as if they they can speak to each other Mm. on a level that that nobody who's never had a baby understands. You know, that's a great point because they do visit that in the movie earlier. They make a big deal about it, the conversation between when they're trying to decide the husband and wife, Maddie and Michael. When they're trying to decide if they're going to use a midwife, right. the midwife does have that conversation about how there is something that, that there's chemical reactions that happen that yeah. don't even that nobody can even explain. I had forgotten about that. That's exactly where they were going with that. Well, yeah, and that's that, exactly where they're going. And with that, that and that's kind of kind of the impression okay. I got there. Anyway, so you know, the baby is alive. Happy day. Real happy, as far as I'm concerned, because that baby had a diet that I would have killed for. 
That's a good Mom. one. I cannot believe that you're making jokes. Just like you said, I I'm know. Just... Well, we're past that part now, so now I can make jokes about the rest of the movie. Okay, great. So, I mean, the movie moves on. And you know what? To be honest with you, for a long time, this movie was pretty powerful, in yeah. my opinion. So she goes home. Uh, you know, she lives alone. Her husband's her husband's gone. And, uh, you know, I think one thing, too, is that, um, I don't know. And I don't, I don't know if this was just me or whatever, but even the mundane parts of this movie were fairly intense because bringing home a newborn baby is freaking hard. Yeah, it was like an hour and 24 minutes or something. Mm-hmm. And you'd expect that with if we were to just, you know, do a synopsis for the movie yeah. all the way through, we could be done in 30 seconds. Oh, absolutely. I mean, but, but it didn't get boring. No, it, well, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, I have a problem with, with the yeah. movie, but it doesn't come up. But anyway, so basically she takes his baby home. The baby is emitting these awful smells. The baby is starting to um, attract flies. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in uh, you know, giving the baby a bath, it started, it, uh, the baby started to bleed, you know, and to bruise, you know. And the thing is, is the panic in, in uh, the, the actress's eyes is, it seemed to be very realistic mm-hmm. because, I mean, there have been times when I'm like, Oh my gosh, what is wrong yeah. with my kid? Right. You know, especially with the first baby and you know, it's like yeah. I don't know how to freaking handle this yeah. crap. Yeah. You know, and it was it was like, you know, I have freaking been there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously not to that extent because thankfully all my kids live, but but <laughs> I, that panic that you know, unbelievably, you know, right? I mean, I'm their dad. I can't believe it. <laughs> no, I'm just But uh, you know, I you know, you, I can see that in her eyes, the same feeling that I had when when um, just just kind of the panic, and because for one reason or another the baby won't eat, you know, and that's one thing she the, the baby will not eat, will not take breast milk. You well, know? she does, but she spits it up. Exactly. And there's some there's some scary because it, you can imagine with a mother and a baby, there's a lot of quiet parts in this movie. Oh yeah, there, there's a lot, and so and there were a couple of times where. The baby would be eating, and it's quiet, and they're kind of playing some music. And then it's kind of quiet, and it's panning out. And all of a sudden, the baby would throw up the breast milk, yeah. and it scared me. Like, I jumped <laughs> right. on, on a couple of those parts. So it, it, they definitely did a good job of, of just building up the tension. You're just like, what? Right. How is this going to go? Absolutely. You know, and I think this is my favorite part of the movie, where she brought her home, and all these really strange things started to happen. You know, uh, it turns out that um, I'm, I was going to move on. Do you have anything else to no, say about no, that? No, no, okay. no, that's fine. Basically, what happens is the mother-in-law is, is uh, I mean, understandably, Maddie is keeping the baby away from basically everybody. Um, you know, not for, for no other reason than she's realizing that this baby only drinks blood. You know, you see parts where, you know, she's breastfeeding and the baby just takes chunks out of it and bites and just drinks the blood. And that's the way that, you know, she stays alive. Um, So she's hiding this baby from basically everybody. And the mother-in-law gets pissed off. And what she tries to do is she tries to go to Dr. San, her, you know, regular doctor and say, you know what? I need a favor from you. I'm a powerful judge. You know, I need you to go over here and... um, Give Maddie a physical, and you know, and, and basically 
create some kind of a document stating that she's going to be she's an unfit parent. Mm-hmm. Well, inconveniently, Doctor Son has, uh, and I don't really know if we, I don't, we, don't, I don't think we know what it is, but he's made some mistakes and he needs some bailing out too. So they kind of make this deal where you know you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. All very evil. Oh, by the way, did we mention that we see the old lady's booby in this? Yeah, that's the one memory count for this thing is because she's got this idea in her head that she would be able to, and they, they talk about this, and I'm sure it's got, well, I, I shouldn't say I'm sure it's got to be fact because they mention it, and that's a stupid <laughs> thing to say. But there's this basis saying that you could that a, a woman can even have her milk come in if she's massaging her nipples or taking care of her nipples or something right. aggressively, that she could keep her milk through menopause. Well, and the thing is, is Vivian has a strong maternal instinct because she just lost her only kid. Mm-hmm. And here is this her daughter-in-law keeping this baby from her. You know, so I mean not only is she, you know, having that great maternal instinct, she kind of has that motherly, you know, protection type. You know, to be honest with you, I think she went about it um, you know, in a really bad way, but I think that I think that she was actually trying to do what she felt was best for the baby. Oh, absolutely. Even though she was the be- even though she was the quote unquote bad guy in this movie. Yeah, and she was it was premeditated the whole time. I mean, she was trying to get her milk to come in. Right. She seduces her husband. She even had surge suck on her. Yeah, yeah. He, she seduces him into you know he wanted to go down and he she he kept she kept him on the northern hemisphere to make sure that that milk was coming in. <laughs> Thank and the good so, Lord. Yeah, exactly. But there's a point where she's using a breast pump. And she actually gets milk into this into this bottle, right? And that you know it's a little bit disturbing because after right after that scene where she got the breast milk is when she goes to visit the doctor, yeah. And that's when you find out he's got some issues, some legal issues, right. and they kind of get a little flirtatious, not not in a really flirty way, but they just you know that their relationship's a little inappropriate. And there's a close up of him drinking milk. I did not. Yeah, I noticed that. that he's drinking milk as he's talking about. I need some help from you, and he. I mean, they show the close-up of the glass of milk. That's really I'm sick. I'm like, that's disgusting. <laughs> but it, it puts in your mind of what potentially may have been going on with those two idiots. And um, and then and then just the movie progresses from there. But I think that it was all pre- – I mean, it obviously was all premeditated by her. And she had been planning this out for a long time. Um, and that's the other thing about this movie that makes it tough is you really don't know timelines. I mean, it's right. just kind of – you're not measuring well, time. Well, it's obviously of how long it goes not by. years, but it could be right, weeks. Right, yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, because Maddie becomes anemic horribly. Right. You know, pretty well, quick. Well, because, because she's feeding this baby her own right, blood. Right, exactly. You know, she even tries to go to the store. She buys a bunch of steaks. She tries to squeeze all the blood out of it, but the baby just throws it up. Well, it didn't just throw it up. She went into some sort of like oh, that's uh, right. seizure. Uh, and so that's when she knew, you know, because the baby sucked it down. Right. But she had some sort of allergic reaction to the the yep. cow blood that she finds out. You know, one thing that we've been kind of missing is throughout all this problem, she uh, Madeline has been working with the midwife. And, uh, you know, because they, whenever she needs help, she calls this midwife. The, you know, and the midwife's trying to be there for her. Not really, though. What are you I talking about? I mean, well, like right at the very, right after she has the baby. Right. The midwife comes by and drops off flowers. It's a little bit uncomfortable, well, but Maddie keeps calling. But the assistant, well, you know, and that's what I'm saying. Oh, okay. She's she's she's. Uh, I mean, the, the midwife has offered her help, and um, she just. I mean, she she tries to get a hold of her this whole time because like, apparently she's the one that understands. Mm-hmm. But um, the the midwife's current lover slash assistant. Oh, what a gig! Yeah, man. Basically, just whoever your assistant. Nice. You just you know you don't get enough, 
you don't get enough action in the bedroom, so you just go look at vages all day with your, your clients. It's great. Yuck, yuck, yuck. I mean, it's a perfect. No, I'm, all right, the, strike that's, that. That's terrible. Strike that. But uh, but yeah, they didn't get a, they didn't get a hold of of uh, the midwife, and she she you know when she, when Maddie really needed help, she she wasn't able to get it. So by the time Doctor Sun actually makes it over there, um, you know, at the behest of the of, of Vivian, the mother in law. Uh, Maddie's in pretty bad shape. Well, the midwife had been sitting outside hoping that she'd call. I mean, right. she'd, she'd stop by and sit out in her car, but that assistant was not passing on the messages right. of Maddie calling. And, and so, that's true. So they're just missing each other. They both wanted each other and right. wanted to be there for each other, but it just wasn't happening. And, yeah, and you're, and you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, from here on out, the movie kind of moves into its final act where... You know, certain things happen that we do not want to spoil. I no, definitely no, do not want to spoil the no. So I think that I'm, I don't even want to talk about the rest of the movie. It, um, but I will say one thing that um, most of the time I was watching this, I thought I had another dead girl on my hand. Mean, yeah. Meaning how awesome this movie was, how much mm-hmm. I was going to enjoy this movie. But I will say that the ending kind of left me just, I mean, I, I wish the ending would have stood up to the high bar that the rest of the movie set. I agree, because I felt like they went too hard after, hey, we're going to have a sequel. Well, you know, and they and just kind of left could, it like and that, that. could be, and I don't know if it's that. I don't know how I would have, I thought about it, I'm like, how would I have ended this? I mean, there and there were a few things that I that I thought, oh, well, maybe we, we pan back later, and there's Grace, or whatever, And but I don't, I don't know. But I will say that I am unsatisfied with the, with the ending. I mean, I, it doesn't ruin the movie for me because the the rest of the movie, I, in in uh, w- was just so engaging and it was. I mean, it was it really struck a chord. I could I can tell you how I would have ended it, uh-huh. but I'm not going to do it on okay. the. Uh, we'll talk about it in a minute when we're not recording because I, I think there's a a, a way better way that it could have ended. Uh-huh. So, yeah, I I agree with you. It left something to be desired, and and that's the only reason why I can get you know we can kind of joke around about some stuff. I mean, I I have the what did I learn and who else said that and stuff right. like that, and, but I can do that because the movie did take that that different turn. But definitely a powerful. Um, I I just cannot believe how how much it got to me. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, Dead Girl did the same type of thing, but I mean, th- this kind of was hit closer to home since i'm not boning any zombies i mean i don't and I'm, i mean we talked about how like these these kids in these high schools are so depressed and angry you know i you know i can't really i mean i can understand it i can't identify with it but having these 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 really disturbing uh experiences with my own kids which weren't that big a deal but since i had my head up my ass I, it was i freaked out well and it, you, you know, know. So, and, and that and that's what this whole movie's about is is kind of learning you know, to be a parent, regardless of what it takes, in that you know, and in this case, it took a hell of a lot more than than you know usual. Well, and even the very beginning scene when when they're um, creating the baby, oh yeah, and then yeah. she tucks her knees and puts the pillow. Yeah, that underneath. was real. Well, I know. I'm like, that's exactly what happens. I, I can identify with that right away. And that's you know, and then it just started that way. And so I kind of, of course, that's when my wife walks in the room. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> The only crappy scene in the movie, she's just laying there looking at the ceiling, letting him oh, do Oh, I his thought job. you were talking about when you pulled your knees up and you were pooling and your wife watched I will and kill you doing that. I will kill you for even thinking that. <laughs> That's what I thought you were talking about. I thought you were making a joke about it. That's why I was laughing. No, no, oh, no. Geez. It's like I can just imagine Furry Mike. Oh, yuck. Pooling is. Never mind. Shut it. 
No, but um, I don't know. What do you give this one? I give this a buy. I give it a buy too. I would say, I mean, we but we gave Splinter and this a buy. I would say that. Um, I mean, I, I'm not going to tell you which one I think is better because these are two completely yeah. different movies. That I it it all depends. You know, it all de- like like this one I couldn't have sat and watched at work today. You know, right. this ugh, this was just way too way too. But deep. see, and if I bought it, I would start it halfway through the movie i wouldn't even watch the first half i don't want to watch the first half again uh-huh. i would just watch the second half because that's where it gets more you know, that brings into up the... a good point i don't know i don't know if i'm gonna want to watch i think the next time i watch this it's gonna be like hey honey want to watch a funny movie yeah you know, i have right. to watch something no i don't know you know this is again even with dead girl i loved it i don't think i'm gonna be watching it every other month right. because you know what i don't know i think it was an excellent movie until you know the last what 15 mm-hmm. minutes mm-hmm. 15 20 minutes uh, I still think it wasn't bad. Yeah, but it just it just the standard. I don't even think it was fifteen was set or so twenty high. minutes. I'd, I'd say the last ten. Probably. Maybe okay. Anyways, but the the bar was set so high yeah. that it, it just didn't do it. But anyway, so it was one man recount. We talked about where that was at. Solid. You know what? Should we make a rule saying never? I'm not going to say no. anything. No. Uh, what did I learn? Boobs bring anything back to life. <laughs> Uh, and baby spit up can scare the shit out of you. And yes. then the other thing I wrote down, what did I learn, is I thought I had seen everything. And then you get this kind of movie. And I, I just know that I'm in for other things like that. You know, I thought I would have seen everything, and then I saw Dead Girl. Never would have right. thought of that concept. And, I, you know, I bust chops on movies that I feel like rip off other concepts. We talked about one tonight. Right. But then this movie comes up. I I mean, that's pretty unique. I, I've never seen I another movie, that, seen movie that hits those themes and those topics. I mean, I've seen I've seen movies where there were evil babies, like like It's Alive right. or, or stuff like that, but but nothing like this. Yeah, yeah, because the baby wasn't really evil, right? Anyways, and then who else said that? There's something else she needs more now. She's teething. Oh yuck! Yeah. Uh, that was Jess from Teeth. <laughs> she's teething. <laughs> and the six degrees. Jordan Ladd was in Death Proof with Rose McGowan. She was. Yeah. I don't even When Planet Terror with Danny Trejo from Dust Till Dawn to Bruce Campbell. Sweet dude. No, I yeah, I'm glad we fit in uh fit in the last two movies. But you know, I didn't I like I said I didn't mind head trauma, but these last two were 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 very enjoyable. Yeah, I thought they were good, and it's always fun to watch three movies that you haven't seen. You know, I hadn't seen like I said, I hadn't I I had only caught a little bit on sci fi. These were three movies that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. So it was good to to you know, and where did we get the recommendations? We had Vaughn recommend Head Trauma. Uh, Splinter I was from uh, the guys over at Seattle Geekly. Okay. Was it them? Yeah, I think so. All right. And Grace I had heard about online, and uh, uh, I heard that it was really good, and so we just threw that in there. So no Canadian recommendations? Good. Um, That's good. Vaughn lives in New Jersey, which I don't know how far. That may be a suburb of Canada. Yeah, we'll have to check. Suburb of Canada? Okay. <laughs> And by the way, the music that we're playing today, the <laughs> shitty ass music that everybody's like, I can't play. What? What are they doing? It's in honor of Canada. <laughs> now, all the groups that yeah. we, you listen to today are from Canada. So enjoy <laughs> that. <laughs> you know what's so funny is is we didn't think about Canada before we started this episode. I think, you know, I think Sam just... He, I think the more we learn about you, the more disturbed that we become. I, you know, I like to stir the pot a little bit. You know, next time I'll probably rip on, like, gerbils or something. What has the gerbil ever done to you besides well, give you... it crawled up my ass and didn't come out. Uh, Lemmy Winks. <laughs> 
I think we mentioned Lemmy Winks way too much. I don't even know what show. that is. Well, are you serious? Yeah. Look up Lemmy Winks South Park. Lemmy Winks South Park? Lemmy Winks in South oh, Park. Oh, no. Oh, my gosh. You have it. It's on Netflix. Instant. Look it up which episode it is because you can watch it on your computer. Don't they have all those South they Parks? They have all. Oh, dude. Yeah. I'm all over that. <laughs> anyway, uh, so, yeah, that's uh, that's it. I am going to, uh, right after we're done uh, doing our final spiel here, uh, please stay tuned for uh, my interview with the organizer of the Salty Horror Film Festival, Mario. Listen, if you have if you, if you have a film that you may want to put into it or anything like that, get a hold of me. You can uh, definitely get a hold of us at uh, uh, Mike at CadaverLab.com, Sam at CadaverLab.com. We've got a contact form up on our website. Uh, you can give us an email or a voicemail at two zero six three three nine two seven three zero. That is two zero six three three nine two seven three zero. So you got anything else? Nope, not for me. All right, so from the Cadaver Lab podcast, we will see you later. This is my interview with Mario D'Angelis, the uh, creator and organizer of the Salty Horror Film Festival. Basically, what we did is we just started a conversation, and then right in the middle of it, I turned on the recorder, and uh, here it is. Um, one of the things about both concepts is... Now, explain this okay. for the recorder. Explain what's going, what, what, what both concepts are. Okay, we have two business models uh, that I'm going with, and one doesn't take a lot of setup at all, and it doesn't take a lot of monetary um, risk. It's mm-hmm. called the Bloody 72. Mm-hmm. It's a 72-hour, three-day horror film contest. Okay. All right, so what the business model is taken from the 48-hour film festival. They go around all over the country making a lot of money. Um, filmmakers pay uh, to be a part of this and okay. hopefully win whatever. So so they the, with the 48, you're saying they go around and, and, and do they show them all? Or this are is they what, on like kind, of, kind of a traveling... Oh, quickly, I'll give you a, okay. a, a, a quick business model for the 48-hour film festival. Yeah. You pay a one-time fee. A team pays a fee of $150. Mm-hmm. This year, there were 43 teams. So you can do the math on that. Right. So they made bank right there. They, didn't, they don't put out a lot of money. They don't spend a lot, just on maybe marketing. Then... Once the teams get their film done in two days, half of them, oh, oh, so um, okay, so they so have forty-eight, they have 48 hours. hours. I see. Okay, I didn't, I didn't know. So that the forty-eight hour film festival has forty-eight hours. You start at seven o'clock on a Friday, and your movies due at seven o'clock on Sunday. At seven o one, your movies disqualified. So even if you paid, you still can't get your really? movie screened. Really, that's interesting. You, can, you can't get your movie judged. Okay. Now here's the kicker: five days, four days later, they show all the movies, but you have to pay to go see the movies. Oh really? Okay. So, so at the seventy-two, at the bloody seventy-two, we're giving them three days. Um, we're still going to charge per group, uh, but I haven't decided yet if we're going to charge to screen them. Okay. So that's where a lot of the money comes in. Okay. But here's so this the is thing. funding the, the bigger. But the bloody seventy-two is a fundraiser for the Salty Horror Film Festival. Okay. And if I can pull off maybe three bloody seventy-twos, mm-hmm. which I have a lot of friends who are going to help me. Okay. This low maintenance thing. Just people show up and they say they want to participate and then they pay their money and they go off and they make the movies. Three days later, you How do you them. regulate that? I mean, how do you, I mean, how do you, because it seemed like, I'm just, I mean. No, go ahead. I, if it were me, you know, and I'm not being that honest, you know, I would, you know, say, okay, well, yeah, here we're going, throwing one that we've been working on for, you know, whatever. How, how okay. Do we, um, 
That's a very good question. Uh, the 48-hour film festival has had this problem. Oh, okay. And the Bloody 7-2, we're going to have that problem. Here's the issue, or here's the way you get out of it. Mm-hmm. You either say, um, you just go with it, and if people do that, people do that. Uh-huh. With the unfairness comes in, um, you know, basic, it, basically it's, we can't. And the 48-hour film festival tries, because they're so big, they think they can regulate that. Uh-huh. That's fine. They can try. Well, I, but that it's would definitely stupid. ruin the spirit of the, of the and, whole thing. And, and it would, you know, but you can basically tell. Mm-hmm. And there will be disqualification if, if it comes up that, you know, we'll say, don't do it. Right. But it's like, it's like teenagers. You can say don't do it, and then people are going to do these things anyway. Right. So am I going to lose sleep over that? That's not my problem. Right. It's not my fault if people are going to lie. And say, you know, yeah, I made this in the last three days, but really I made it three years ago. Here's the thing that that we are going to do, and this is what the 48-Hour Film Festival does, and they don't have copyright over this. You give them something that everyone has to have in it. Okay. You give them them a prop. You give them one common prop. All submissions have to have a bloody knife. Right. All submissions have to have one phrase. All submissions have to have one character named the same. These are things they did. Now, right. we may not do that, mm-hmm. but we may do things like, like I said, all, all submissions have to have, um, this is kind of a stretch, but all submissions have to have a ghost. Oh, okay. It may not be that, but it's like all of them have to have something in it. So they have one genre. Now, the 48-hour film festival is different because you pick a genre, but the Bloody 72 is going to be all the same genre. Right. It's going to be horror and sci-fi horror. So the Salty Horror Film Festival is also sci-fi horror, which is different, because it's usually horror film festival, that's it. Right. But we're going with horror and sci-fi horror, because that's an interesting genre, where you can mix science fiction and horror. Absolutely. Um, So do you plan on doing three... Bloody we're gonna try. I'm gonna try to pull off three, and I have. I work 80 hours a week, and oh, yeah. I have a kid, and I, I'm a filmmaker, so I'm trying to do all this stuff all at the same time. Uh-huh. Well, yeah, that's a lot to take on. But no, I'll tell you what, that would be. I mean, that would be, that would be cool to get. You know, kind of a taste of it, and finally, in, you know, 2010, when, you know, when the big one shows up, uh, that's right. Everybody will be prepped and ready for it. So. And that's one idea for it. Um, a friend of mine who does these kind of things, she. Pro- does uh, what's called um, main event lounges uh, at uh, Sundance and uh, these kind of things for celebrities to go around and get swag bags. Mm-hmm. She suggested a fundraiser. Oh, cool! And that's why I decided to push off. There's no way I would have been ready. I was going to ask you how you're going to raise funds I mean, because I mean, do we? Do you have any uh, backers? Or I don't have like sponsors right now. So, okay. I have people who have um, said they're interested, like uh, a couple of names, but I don't have letters of intent. I don't have sponsors. But for this kind of thing, yeah, you usually need sponsors for for a film festival. For a film festival, you need sponsors. But there's a way to do it. Right now, it's Listen, risky. I love this idea. I love it's the seventy-two. Well, let me ask you: most of our listeners are are going to be out of state. How can they How can they be involved in either the seventy-two or the salty? Um, it's going to be easy for people to get involved. We're going to be in, we're going to be on without a box for both, and of course, PayPal will be used mm-hmm. where that's how you get the funds to us. And without a box, it seems like that's like a, a full on like software suite to to uh, to manage. All well, this with stuff. without a box is a um, internet site run out of wherever, and they have a pretty good thing running too because every week 
there's about 10 more film festivals. That's good and bad. Mm. But Without a Box is huge in the industry because it makes everything a lot easier. They promote you. If you pay extra, they'll promote you even more. They'll do blasts, email blasts, you know, and put you on a a specific uh, newsletter to say, look at this festival. Most of the problems with film festivals is there's now so many and the submission fees are so high Mm -hmm. that filmmakers can't afford to enter their films into all these festivals. They have to pick and choose. That's why I'm going with horror. And like I wrote in uh, the answers online, um, those answers are based off of, I believe there is a market for horror in Utah. Untapped. And there's uh, two solution. There's two possibilities of why it hasn't been done in Utah. It either someone tried it and failed. Not to my knowledge, no one's tried it. Mm-hmm. One, two. There isn't enough of a market, but I believe there is. Uh, you know, I would tend to agree with the, with the. I mean, with your second statement there. I mean, there's there's a bunch of us out there. I just don't think that. You know, we always have to go out of state to Vegas or Denver or whatever to our. You know, in fact, uh, earlier this spring, I went to Indianapolis to a horror hound. You know, all sorts of stuff. And nice. I wish it was all here. You know, I wish it was just available here. But it sounds like we're at least getting started here, right? Yeah, I agree. And um, you know, I'm going to do what I can. You know, there's there are the ultimate goals of you try and do something that sticks. You know, I've been doing this for about ten years with making films and this kind of thing. But um, I love horror. Um, I think it's fantasy more than anything these days, and it's now more days, horror is comedy. It's, yeah, there really true. isn't much horror left. Um, even Sauce turned into a joke. And, um, you know, it's like true horror is coming from other countries. So that's why I'm hoping other countries will find out about the Selfie Horror Film Festival uh, and submit. Um, I'm not naive to think it's it, Bloody 72 is probably going to be local. Mm-hmm. You know, and... Um, I still think it's an easier genre for people to do. Um, and I've been a part of the 48-Hour Film Festival once. Yeah. I was on a team that wasn't my team, mm-hmm. but they failed. Oh, yeah. They were, they were among 15 groups that did fail. So out of, I believe that I was wrong before, I think it was 48 paid. 48 groups paid and 33 finished. Really? And, and it's common that these, these groups don't finish for various reasons. I'm making an entire documentary about films that don't finish. So I'm doing that as well. What are you doing to get the word out about 72, Bloody 72? That I'm going to rely on um, the internet, viral marketing. I'm going to make a bunch of trailers for the Bloody 72 and the Selfie Horror Film Listen, we're, we'll do whatever you need us to do. We're, I mean, and I think... I, I, you know, to be honest with you, I'm just excited that this is going on here. I mean, yeah. let's put it this way. with the, I mean, the podcast is one thing. But uh, we don't want too many people here listening to it almost because we're... I kind of... I don't know, we're... Yeah, I kind of... I, I don't want my mom listening to it, kind of, oh, kind of a thing, you know? And, uh, and it, you know, it, it has nothing to do with Utah. There is going to be, um, for both, there's going to be content restrictions, but not not too, not too many, like, well, yeah, I read, ones. I read some of them on the site. None of them seem to be... Yeah, the, the only like content over. restrictions for the Bloody 72 and the Salty Horror Film Festival are going to be completely reasonable ones like yeah. no per uh, like, my favorite my favorite on boxes horror boxes aberrant sexual behavior right, right. you know there's not gonna I'm, I can't go that far 
there can't be any aberrant sexual acting out or behaviors in the shorts yeah. or in the movie submitted to either the Bloody 72 or the Celtic Horror Film Festival. But there isn't going to be, like, language isn't going to be a problem. Right. Um, and that may free up some people who I know plenty of people that would love to make films in Utah and that can't get their movies cast. One friend of mine, horror movie called Unrest, I worked on, a friend of mine, Jason Todd three years ago, made a horror movie in Utah. It was R because they were using cadavers. That's why it was R-rated. Unrest, that was in the... That was in the uh, it After got picked Dark? up by oh, the okay. After Dark cool. Film Festival. Yeah, I saw that. And my friend made it. I was, I'm in it. You are? And I did the behind the scenes. My, yeah, my ass for two minutes. For two seconds. You tell you what, I'm not going to go back and check that out. Okay. No, it's actually my face and my ass. Oh, okay. So my face and my ass is in Unrest. But okay. I also did the behind the scenes video. Oh, okay. so that featurette, the eight-minute featurette, I didn't. Edit I don't know. If, it. I don't know if I watched that. I do have the DVD. Unrest is okay, um, but it was one of eight that got picked up that very first year of After Dark. Yeah. Where they scooped up for cheap all these indie horror movies, and I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. Now I don't remember even seeing After Dark three here. Horror festival. No, I don't that, think you know, came to Utah. I went because so I went to both. Thing. I mean, I went to. I remember taking a day off of work, you know, and just sitting watching movies all day. I don't remember it coming number three either. Now that's a bad that. sign. Well, if we didn't even get it, that's true. Because we got After Dark one and two, but the horror fest didn't even come here. Now I think it's because it was in January, and I think it got well. And honestly, it was really inconvenient. Here's my thinking for number three. I didn't even realize it didn't show up until after for a couple of reasons. The first one being, oh, I can just pick up the DVDs in a couple of months, and that's one. And number one, number two, it's like I don't. It was hard to go sit there all day long and watch all these movies. It was. I mean, I, I just went, me and a buddy, and we just sat down there. And, you know, I slept through a couple of them. So yeah, you know, there's, 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 there's that issue of overload. You know, you do four days of horror, who's going to stay for Sunday? Now, we're hoping for the Salty Horror Film Festival that by Sunday, we're going to slip into a new concept called a um, something else I don't think has ever been done. We're going to do one day of, I call it the... Um, Horror Film Music Festival. So it's one day focusing on horror film music. Mm -hmm. Now this is where I've got a lot of people who are interested. Harry Manfredini, who did all the Friday the 13th stuff. Yeah, you don't need to tell me who he is. Yeah, you know. So (laughs) Harry Manfredini, he really is interested in this festival. Cool. So I really want to get him out here as a a judge for that Um, day. Yeah, that'd be awesome to meet the guy. What? Have him come out and meet him. That would be great. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. I've met him at Comic-Con. And that's where another um, that I'm going to be tapping is Comic-Con. Next year, I've already set up um, that I'm going to be with a group. I might help produce a uh, series that we can't talk about. Mm -hmm. It's not horror, but it's uh, sci-fi, sci-fi action. And I'm going to probably tag on this sci-fi action show that we're producing with promoting the Salty Horror Film Festival at Comic-Con next year. Oh, cool. So that'll be perfect timing. Is Com- Comic-Con in San Diego? Is that Comic-Con in San Diego last week in July, always last week in July. So the concept is Bloody 72, three if we're lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, every like three or four months pull this off. When are you shooting for the first one? October Okay, 2009. so pretty quick. And, and that's, that's, good in, that's, that's good and bad. Mm-hmm. I still, I know there aren't as many pitfalls with doing this Bloody 72 thing and I can do that quicker than I can do a film festival. Because Bloody 72 will not take much uh, prep but the marketing, uh, getting the word out 
is vital. If we don't get the word out, then I can only blame myself. And there's a, I mean, because, so for, for a living, is this what you do for a living? I know you said you taught down at the high school. What I do for a living is uh, teach at East Hollywood High School, film production teacher. That's, is that, is that this one down here? It's in West Valley. Yeah, I, I work it right there. Oh, okay. Uh, it is in the old Channel 2 news building. Oh, yeah. Okay. And it's a film and really? TV high school. East Hollywood High School is really unique. It's charter school. Okay. And it's a public charter school, so it's free. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do, we actually, they've been doing, we've been pulling up a lot of little horror shorts. A friend of mine, who's also a film production teacher, shot, reshot, remade Nosferatu. Oh, really? On, they shot it on Super 16. Oh, really? Is this, is this available somewhere? Then? Yeah, I can watch? make it available yeah, on cool. my site, on the Vimeo. Okay. And I'm going to be running, this is the other thing your listeners should know, I'm going to be running short films that have been done. They're student films, but I'm going to be running various horror shorts um, as links off of my webpage mm-hmm. onto like my Vimeo page. So, we can definitely help you with yeah, that too. So. so I'm going to be running that. Um, that would be great if we could throw them up on your site and just run Absolutely. the links. Yeah, no problem. Easy. That's why technology is great right now. Because yeah. it's helping filmmakers do things that they weren't able to do even 10 years ago. It was hard. It's getting easier. But I'm, I have a lot of hope that the Bloody 72 works. If it doesn't work, I have enough time to restructure, try it again, see if it doesn't work the second time. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, I'll restructure. I still think I can pull off the festival with not no money, but I think by 2010, October 2010, I'll be ready, and I will have sponsors. But if I don't have sponsors, my fallback is this fundraising concept. That'll be awesome. Um, and if, if we're lucky enough to get some even B-list horror actors from the past. The best kind? Well, <laughs> it depends on who we're talking about, but if we can get a couple of names, a couple of people to come down to the Bloody 72, um, we'll see, you know, and uh, who knows if we're lucky enough to have Richard Dutcher's film submitted, that'd be great, great job. Tell, tell him again, we weren't recording before, but tell him how Richard Dutcher found out about this. Richard Dutcher found out about the Salty Horror Film Festival specifically from the, um, the article. On examiner.com, go visit, I get a penny for every hit. That's right. plug. <laughs> so cadaver.com has cadaver lab. Cadaverlab.com has the um, uh, note to self edit that out. Pretend he knows that uh, he's actually heard of us. All right. Cadaverlab.com has um, the article that Richard Dutcher read and said, Hey, I've got a horror movie. Can I submit it? Unfortunately, we aren't, um, it's not open submissions yet. Mm-hmm. And so that's one thing I wanted to make sure about. Um, I am thankful to Cadaver Lab you, you for don't doing need this. You don't need, I don't need to keep you saying don't need, You don't need to even give us any of that. So it is Cadaver Lab. Okay, anyway. Um, no, I, regardless, I am thankful that you guys are even spending time. Hey, listen, we're, I'm just excited that it's going on. You know? And um, here. I, I, think I, I think I have it on something because just a little bit. It's not buzz at all, but we got another website out of state mm-hmm. that... Um, is willing to put up our press releases. I, f- I originally found out about this on um, fatally dash yours. That's it, fatally yours. Because yeah. so, I was searching for it and I was. Fatally I, yours picked this up real fast and they don't put up any press releases I want. Put in, so will we. So. 
Just uh, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll throw everything in a cool, whatever you need to. Where we get hits, we get plenty of those. So. And I'm, I'm really excited. You'll be um, Cadaver Lab will have access. Um, right now, it'll be official access to the trailers. Oh, cool. Okay. I'll share them with Fatally Yours, but you guys can have them first. Listen, we don't we don't need exclusive rights. All right. So yeah. I mean. Shoot them out there, get but the word out. We can call it whatever we want. World, world premiere trailers yeah, on yeah. Cadaver Life. Sure, whatever that, that would want. make us feel good. Yeah, <laughs> but I think we can. Um, maybe if we're all playing nice, fatally yours. I don't think it's competition. No, we can just start running some um, links. No, absolutely not. Fatally no. yours, Cadaver Lab, something or film festival. Okay, perfect. Um, I will be working on a Bloody 72 webpage okay. by itself. I may run it off Salty Horror. Okay. Um, after we're done, remind me. If, I gotta listen, ask if you me. need any help with that, I'm a tech guy. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. I was just going to ask you. Oh, yeah. Because I, my guy who made the Salty Horror page um, kind of fell off. I don't, we don't need to record this, but well, I'll, it doesn't yeah, he did a good job, and he helped, and he designed the logo, mm-hmm. and he helped me with a lot of things, and I paid him, and everything was fine. Then he fell, fell off. He no, I, I don't mind helping out. Definitely. He's gone. I have to either start over, mm-hmm. um, at reasonable prices. Um, I will volunteer. Oh, stop! No, I, I don't want. Listen, I mean, I don't have. I don't. That have, would be so. I cool. don't have endless amounts of time, but whatever I have, listen. I'm just excited it's here. What? You sing? No, I have a wife and three kids. So oh my god, you really don't have time. Well, so well, well, basically, it's after 10 p.m. You know, oh, well, there you so, go. Yeah, you know, and I typically will stay up fairly late only because uh, that's my time. Well, there you, you go. Know, so, yeah. Well, no, um, you know, I really appreciate that because I'm going to need help. No um, problem. Awesome. Like I said, I'm going to need a new site. I'm going to need a site that looks like. Um, I like Cadaver Labs look. I want a site that looks like that for. Salty Horror Film Festival and Bloody 72. We could, yeah, we'll talk about maybe getting the WordPress thing going too, so it's really easy for you to go in and... and That's uh, what I need, yeah. because the, I can't even get the... Right now, I can't even get a change. Okay. So I may have to just keep the name um, and dump what's there. Well, I could probably pick out what's there and you know, whatever. So, I mean, it d- depends really on what we want to do. We can talk about that. Um, was there any qu- other questions you had? Other than uh, other than the the official interview was up on my examiner page, and I asked all the I asked all the real questions there. It's, oh, I do have one question for you, and this is of the utmost importance. I forgot the exact name of it, but we have the spokesmodel. You have what? The, you have the spokesmodel for the the Salty Horror Film Festival. I have the sp- Yes, she is. Um, I think that's going to work out. Cool. Her name is Megan Gale. Listen, I, I want to just interject something real quick. Yes. If there's ever going to be a judging, I will volunteer my services. Funny you should mention that. I think I basically have created too much work for myself. Okay. That's why I'm going to need help. <laughs> Anybody, any of your listeners want to help? Yeah, listen that? to this. This is the <laughs> okay. concept three. Okay. Now, all of these concepts are attainable. Do I have the time and am I crazy? No and yes. Okay. I don't have the time, and I'm um, a, a, nar- a, a masochistic narcissist because sure. I think I can actually do these things that I well, we're rooting might for you. not be able to do. We're rooting for you, man. Here's concept three. Okay. Concept three is the Miss Salty Horror reality show called Oh, that's Scare right. Me to Death. Okay. <laughs> so what's going to happen is it's going to be short webisodes. This is also your your fans are going to eat this up. 
Get oh, it. it'll be great. Get it, eat I, it up. Hilarious. All right, okay. Uh, with a little salt on it? Right, okay. Wait till you see these spots. I shot her the other night uh-huh. with a camera. With the camera. I didn't shoot her for real. <laughs> Megan Gale uh-huh. um, did my first teasers with her. Cool. And um, she's gorgeous. People awesome. are going to love her. I, I'm not just saying this. Megan Gale is prettier than Megan Fox. And there apparently is an, a Megan Gale who's about to hit the list. That's what we hear. Hmm. But I have a Megan Gale who I believe can be as big as them. Cool. If we finesse it. Now, she's the first Miss Salty Gordon. Mm-hmm. She is going to be on the series helping scare the next Miss Salty Gordon. So let's say there's nice. 20 contestants. Uh-huh. Every episode, they're going to be short webisodes. I'm not going for a series that I want picked up. Right. This is a specific marketing tool. Right. I don't care if it gets picked up. We are going to shoot five to ten minute episodes of girls, beautiful girls, in scary situations, and we're going to scare them to death. I don't think there's one thing about that I didn't like. And whoever gets whoever gets scared loses, so there's no backstabbing bullcrap. Mm-hmm. We're not going to induce them to, be, to stab each other in the back and get pissed off, and there's right. not going to be episodes where they're all drunk, okay. um, which is cool, but it's going to be, you know, bare bones, short episodes of scare me to death and these girls get scared whoever gets scared loses whoever lasts the longest becomes Miss Healthy Horror it's that simple okay so so you don't necessarily need judges but I'm sorry you could maybe you could be the host (laughs) we'll we'll, we'll talk about that I don't think the wife's gonna let you be yeah I was gonna say no but I want a host who's as cheesy and uh, as oozing as that schmaltzy a-hole on uh, Survivor that guy who I okay. want to kill. You yeah. Know? So, 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 so you basically want to bring in someone that you may end up wanting to kill. Yeah. Well, there you go. Okay. And maybe one episode we'll just kill him. Just we'll say Miss Salty Heart. You want to be Miss Salty Heart? Kill that guy. We'll do that. That's a that's a good idea. I think that'll win audiences. But no, it's a specific um, internet webisode. Cool. Thing. That that's a great idea. So that's weekly awesome. series, um, maybe more than weekly, but. Um, we might film this the whole show. I'll tell you what, this does sound like a lot to, to bite off, man. It's so... I like biting things off, if you know what I mean. Um, no, I, I, I bite off a lot more than I can chew. But here's the philosophy. Things don't work out. So in order to replace it with things that do work out, mm-hmm. you got to have backup plans in mind. Yeah. Awesome. So my backup plan... I, I am cocky enough that I know I can do a lot of this stuff, but I'm not cocky enough to think that I can do it all alone. And I have a lot of friends who are into this kind of thing. Cool. And I have a lot of people who will help me. Awesome. So this isn't something you can do by yourself. No. And I know that. Yeah, well, okay. I've learned the hard way. Cool. I've done plenty of things by myself that haven't worked out. And it's just... it's. Sure. I'm about to send you over my credits. I'm Jeff Donnesville. I just spent two years on Beyond the Restless. Oh my gosh. I wrote, I wrote the Paramount movie, uh, Broken Bridges, about uh, three years ago. Oh my god. With, uh, with Toby Keith and Kelly Preston. And, That's... and I write professionally. I mean, I'm working on a book right now. Oh my god. So, you know, we you probably, you probably should Je- be aware of Jeff? Of Jeff. Mario. Mario, what's your, what's your address? It's um, Mario, M A R A O, P is in Patrick, D is in David, 65. Mario P D. P D 65. P D 65. At Hockey. Yeah. And that, that, I checked that one more, and then I have a Salty Horror Film Festival one, but that's being rerouted anyway. I'm 
laughing because Thank they, you. the director on Broken Bridges is a fellow named Stephen Goldman, really, who did a movie called Trailer Park of Terror. I just now, watched that. Wow. I know about Trailer Park of Terror. Stephen, wow. and I just, Stephen and I had lunch last Wednesday. Did you work on the trailer? No, 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 no. I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. And nothing no, to do with it. No, 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 this was I liked it. But um, well, that's great. Stephen, Stephen's a dear, is a dear friend. Oh, that's fantastic. Yes, yeah, so I, I will send you over my wife. And I, you know, I appreciate we that. Live up, we live up in the avenues. I live up uh, on 11th East and 3rd South, near the yes. avenues up there. Yes. Do you know the big blue apartment complex? They, I live up yes, there. Yes, yes. I mean, I really great. Oh no, that's fantastic! I would love to talk to you. Well, yeah, like I was telling um, Mike, I um, I'm no one. Yes, you don't do that to yourself. He he runs he runs a site called cadaverlog.com, and they picked up my story from fatalyours.com, and he's just doing an interview um, for Cadaverlog. Great. Mike Benedict. Hi, Mike. All right, let me, uh, let me send these. Carry on, Jeff. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. You never know who you're going to meet. But that's, per- that's perfect that that happened and that's all like on tape now. Yes. It's because um, yeah, networking, a friend of mine just did an interview for my documentary and a friend of mine said he hates the word networking, but it's, it's like this vital bad thing that we don't want to talk about it's like it has to happen you know and meeting people in a coffee shop or meeting people at Sundance or meeting people where it doesn't matter it matters about relationship it doesn't matter where you meet them like if you there's some people who walk around thinking if you don't meet somebody at Sundance at that, that 10 days you're never going to be anybody or if you don't get a film into Sundance film or if you don't get a film into any festival you're never going to make it I don't agree well, you got to start somewhere. Every, not everybody can start there. Hopefully, we get a bunch of entries to this, to all your stuff, and then that'd be so cool. That'd be awesome. And what would be nice? Now, this is hugely cocky. Uh-huh. If we could get more than fifty submissions, then we would be more popular than the Forty Eight Hour Film Festival, which I really believe is a scam. I just don't believe in it. Like I said, I I did. I tried it. I tried it out. Didn't like it. I don't like the concept. I don't like that they charge for uh, the screening. I understand they have to charge for the theater, but there are cheaper ways to do it. You don't have to charge. The filmmakers who made the films have to pay to watch their movies that they paid for to get into the festival. No, I hear you. Are you kidding me? You know, it's just like, I don't understand that that really kills me. So I want to do something different with the Bloody 72 that I, I would like to not charge. And if we charge to get in, maybe it's a dollar. Or donation. That's a right. great thing to do. You invite people down to a screening and you ask for donations. Then you might get you might get more than eight dollars a ticket that the freaking forty eight hour was charging. Have you have you gotten in touch with the Salt Lake Film Society or anything like well, that? Well, yeah, or? I'm attached to. Um, oh, I'm gonna. The Utah Film Commission loves this concept anyway. Oh, cool. Yeah. They right. don't know about the bloody seventy two, uh-huh. but they will support me. The Utah Film Commission has been very energetic towards filmmakers. I think more so since. Um, Oh, I knew I'd blank his name. There's a gentleman who took over, and I'm blanking on his name. But a couple of years ago, I saw a change in really embracing more of the independent filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And independent filmmakers, there's so many in Utah, but they can't get it. Some don't get anywhere, and some do. Friends of mine just finished a feature, and they're one of the only groups that I know that can finish a feature on no budget. And they did it. 
Really? And I'm really proud of them. And I interviewed a couple of them for my documentary. Yeah, send over links. I will. Let's get the word out. It's not horror. We don't want anything to do with it because I only watch horror movies. Horror. There you go. No, not really. Um, and you know, and I have other projects, but they're not horror really. Mm-hmm. I am going to send you a project that students did. Oh, cool. I produced a documentary with students about the history, you're going to love this, of holiday horror movies. And that's an untapped thing. You're right. And that's something that. I'm going to keep going with. Holiday horror movies, is, I'm going to make a real documentary about that someday. But that I really want to get to a level where I can call up John Carpenter and say, hey, John, i got a documentary I need you to be in. It's about holiday horror movies. That has not been tapped. That'd be awesome. Holiday horror movies is fascinating to me. And that they're come back. Oh, yeah. that, well, they're all being remade. And they're all being remade. Some of them badly. But yeah. thank God Friday the 13th is great. Oh, and man. thank God, you know, Halloween, Halloween 2. Rob Zombie. I mean, you can't go. Some people say that he went wrong. You know that, but that's, that's good a tough horror. one. But I, you know, and I, I love them both. I love. You know, I, 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 I love all his movies. I, I Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie's able to make things um, scary and gruesome at the same time, and that's uncommon. Oh yeah. People are either going, like I said before, they're either going uh, comedy, um, like all those goddamn Leprechaun movies turned into comedies. <laughs> You know, and uh, shit. You know, I'm I'm not so naive that I don't think I could get I could get war with Davis. I just have to get him to know about it. And because of you and press, I can get this on IMDb. Oh, cool! Because we get press and we get some kind of following, and there's proof. Mm-hmm. IMDb will allow you to submit really? credit. Very cool. Um, it helps if it's a uh, done or. Uh, you got distribution that mm-hmm. helps IMDB will get your credit up there but um, excuse me say good on time I got a few more minutes okay but um, I love talking to you I appreciate it oh it's a good time um, lost my train of thought IMDB IMDB get a distribution to get it you know and that and that's the other thing I'm, I'm sick to death of waiting and I think a lot of filmmakers get sick to death of waiting if they haven't reached if you don't cross that line to Hollywood stuff or a TV series or something, then you're fighting, kicking, and screaming. Well, everybody goes through their times when they haven't made it. Then they make it. Then they still have to work hard right. to keep it. Right. That's the thing that people don't understand is that you'll never stop fighting in the in the hol- in the film business. Oh yeah. And you have to fight to keep what you get. And you won't get anything unless you try. All wise words to somebody, hopefully someone out there is, a, is a listening. I, I tell you what, I, have, I don't have an artistic bone in my body. So <laughs> I'm glad that uh, well, there are those of you who do. So, Well, it's hard to make a movie and people don't realize that. And that's another motivation from another project called Whatever It Takes, which has nothing to do with horror, but has to do with filmmaking. Mm. Is that people... We're making this documentary because there aren't too many documentaries about the real, what really, what really, what it really takes to make a movie. I, I have interviews with friends of mine who he made a movie, he got it in theaters, he went two hundred fifty thousand dollars in debt. Oh. Uh, he had nothing to his name. Mm-hmm. I know people who mortgage do three mortgages. Wow. To pay for movies now. Unreal. What would I do? Mm-hmm. How far do I have I gone to mm-hmm. whatever it takes? I went, um, I, as far as I've gotten monetarily in debt, was Wow. Um, now, that, that story sucks because I don't have a, sh- a movie to show for it. 
Oh. Now I have 90 other projects and I have four feature length documentaries I finished on my own under $2,000. But I went the other direction and I got screwed and I made mistakes on the <laughs> But I've known people who are worse, much, much more they've lost. Gotta love it. And then there's the not losing money, money but losing uh, family. Or losing jobs over mm -hmm. making movies. I know friends who have lost jobs over making movies, and their family over making movies. They've chosen right. the film business over family, and uh, that's not okay. But some people, it's okay with them. That's that seems wild to me. It's wild. It's like, what do you? What would you do? Yeah. To make a horror movie, and then we're gonna find out. You know, people can make horror movies in three days. Let's do it. And I'm stoked about it. That would, um, I, I'm excited about that. I didn't. I didn't understand the concept before you just explained it. And maybe, yeah, maybe I. I I'm, may need to figure out a, a faster way to explain it. But well, no, that's. I think uh, that's fine. I, I think that's that's going to be the next. You know, uh, nice soundbite. Yeah, I think we'll put that up. I think I'll. I'll uh, we got to get your contact information out there to people. Yeah. You know, so they can they can, they can get a hold of you. They can well, send you emails and all that stuff. Officially for the uh, tape. It's www.saltyhorrorfilmfestival.com. Not salty horror. <laughs> salty horror. It's completely film. different. It's a little different. Different, different thing. site, different content. Saltyhorrorfilmfestival.com. Um, my email is mario at saltyhorrorfilmfestival.com or info at saltyhorrorfilmfestival.com. We need to work on that and get that all that updated and, and You're right too. So. And yeah. for your listeners, the site is not updated yet. Um, I've just gotten a uh, very nice person to tell me that he'll help me update the site. Very handsome too. And good looking guy. Um, but uh, the site is being updated. It's going to look different. Um, I like what was up there, but it's time to re redirect it, re make it look different, get get my um, get my teasers up on the site, links to the teasers, and get rocking and rolling, and finally get my submission form up there because I guess it's people are ready to submit. Cool. Richard Dutcher and a bunch of other people are ready to submit to the Salty Horror Film Festival. Oh, anything else, man? That, I think I think that between this Is that and enough the other information. Oh yeah. I got it all down. I'll process I also, it all. I also want to say it is putting a fire under my ass to stay on track. Good. Well, and we'll keep you the task. Yeah, keep up on me. Like <laughs> Mario was happening with that. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, no, I'm really excited, and I think, I think you, I think Utah's ready for a horror film festival. Let's hope. But don't I'm tell anybody you. about it. I'm just kidding. Let's well, tell everybody about it. Let's tell everybody. It's about copyrighted. It. <laughs>